Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 22. Namaste. Welcome, everybody, to another Thursday edition of the Big Chill Podcast, where you'll get our weekly NFL selections. And I'm sure you're about to hear a little later on what our records are. I have a feeling we're getting closer and closer to each other, although Sam was out to a comfortable lead. So I guess we'll start off with you, Sam, since you're numero uno. How's it going over there? Yeah, it's going pretty well, although going on to the picks, I took a little bit of a battering uh, over the past few weeks. Former numero uno. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I am anymore. (laughs) It's it's almost like we've just aligned now and everything's back to square one. Yeah, we are. We'll obviously. I think Frank is the only one of us who doesn't may not know the exact uh, position nope. of our picks, but we are incredibly close now, the three of us. Which highlights a spectacular collapse on my part during week three and four. Yes. Yeah, we were talking about a potentially unassailable lead in week two, and you're close to being in third place now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not unassailable for that reason, Eddie. I'm not a fan of your talk like this like Liverpool are oh, it's all over if Man City don't beat Leeds and then they go and lose 7-2 it's exactly I'm just reverse I, re- I reverse jinxed you I reverse jinxed Liverpool who do, who do you want me to reverse jinx next there's no way Trump loses the next election how about that <laughs> Eddie speaking of uh three people being very close together you informed us that you are out once again this time with Vasilis and some friends do you yeah. want to uh Give us, you said you had some good Vasilis stories. So for those who don't know who Vasilis is, then you haven't been to Paris yet. Because if you have, you would know him. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He, he, if, if you've ever been in Paris, you've been hit on by Vasilis. Yeah. Man, mean, woman, animal, child. doesn't matter. You were going to go child. <laughs> I mean, he's probably patient zero for COVID, right? So... He's got a lot to answer. That's the least of his patient zero issues. (laughs) That's his his least deadly one. (laughs) But no, um, I've seen Vasilis twice this week. And I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, he's probably going to come up in the future anyway, because he is one of the, one of the guys who goes to with, goes to, uh, to Royal Ascot with us every year. So he, he's definitely going to come up as a topical story when Royal Ascot comes around. But, um, Vass has been, I've been out with him twice this week. And on both occasions, he's brought up the fact that he's started meditating, which look, I'm all in favor of the meditation. You know, we don't want to get like toxic masculinity on this podcast. Men should embrace mental health way more. They should talk about their problems. So A, Vass meditating, and then being open about the fact that he's meditating and trying to, you know, deal with his mental state better. That's great that being said <laughs> I, I could tell that was the end of the kind of sensible aspect of this <laughs> that was the end of all right let me be nice for 20 seconds <laughs> just want to you know if you're out there and you need help tell your friends and if you think meditating would be good for you go ahead and meditate yeah but, now the next bit but, of advice is not what you want to hear or listen to but if you are going to the next the next bit of advice the next bit of advice is coming to you from eddie's six shots of vodka at bugsy's bar <laughs> no I had the same advice with zero shots. If you if you are going to meditate, then maybe when you're walking into a bar with two girls, you don't turn around to them and say, 
namaste we are you are you are you are beautiful and strong he said that to to them about them or to them about him is he saying to himself he's now adopted this new he's he's adopted a he's saying namaste quite a bit now but he's also just in general adopted this idea of basically telling people positive mantras throughout the day this is his new approach to life so if you can imagine he's going to give you like positive reinforcement at different moments in free, of your day. It could be a podcast in of itself. You know what I mean? Like if Vasilis could record himself like 24 times a day, just giving you a positive thought. He's like, I could imagine like a vast calendar, you know, when you rip off the day and there's a new positive thought. Which would be remarkably similar to the positive thought from the day before. That would be the thing about it. It's also to me, I have to like try and picture him through, right? All of the low moments I've seen him in, in a way. So like if I picture the same Vasilis who I once saw so full that he had to go home and strip off all of his clothes and lie naked on a a bathroom floor. (laughs) And if I imagine that guy, just me walking in on him and him going, namaste, namaste. Some days you're too full to move. How much the time at Royal Ascot he did the same thing? Remember he ate so he ate so much he had to like run to get the, to get the train to go home so he could go home and like sit on the toilet for six straight hours. Oh, I mean he's like a dog. I've never seen a human being yes. like it. He would eat we till went, he died. Uh, we went to like Belushi's and he wouldn't stop eating like the wings, and then he had a burger, then he had more wings. Well, no, I mean, and that was a great, remember one night he couldn't come out with us. He'd eaten so much that he couldn't leave the apartment. And That's we all the night. It was the day after. Yeah. And we all went out and then jokingly, I texted him like, hey, on our way home, we're passing a KFC. Do you want me to pick something up? And he was like, mm, maybe like a small bucket. I was like, dude, <laughs> stop it. But also the concept of a bucket doesn't mean small. <laughs> and also that's the same day because we all came back from that bar and it must have been like 2 a.m. We got back, he was awake. And we'd all bought like oven pizzas and some sandwiches and stuff to eat. And he proceeded to eat half an oven pizza, some like pizza, like garlic dough balls, some like one sandwich and then a salad. <laughs> Oh, at least he's getting his greens. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, very healthy, balanced diet. Yeah, Wait. it's it's every it's every fried chicken store's nightmare when Vasilis and Furlong walk into the store at two in the morning because Furlong gets a dozen drumsticks only, so he depletes the store of all the drumsticks, and then Vasilis gets two whole chickens. So between the three of them, they're knocking out like three two full yeah, like three full chickens. So between the two of them, I would say between the two of them, you're just getting like a Bonnie and Clyde treatment. So you're getting one of them (laughs) who comes and like basically holds you up and is like, "Give me all your drumsticks." And then when you don't, he verbally insults, like attacks you. And then the next guy comes and is like, "I'm going to eat all your chicken," and they're like, "No way, you're going to eat all that." He sweet talks you. And then they like bet you like no way you're gonna eat that whole chicken in ten minutes, and then he does it. So you're you're really getting the like good good cop bad cop treatment between the two of them. What a, what a high low of my life that was sitting in a random fried chicken shop at two in the morning, watching the manager bet Vasilis he couldn't eat a whole chicken at two a.m. Only to see Vasilis down the entire chicken in about three minutes and order another. Clear. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> to be clear, not to eat a whole chicken, to eat a second whole chicken. That was the pet. <laughs> oh, okay. The oh. shock was that he'd already eaten a whole chicken in a, in under 10 minutes. Wait, oh, man. So a whole fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. He ate, you know, like if you imagine all the chicken shops in London, you know, and you can buy the whole chicken. I like, have never, I've only seen the components of a chicken. I have not yeah, seen Yeah, so take, take all the components. Oh, as opposed to taking a whole bird and just dumping no, no, it. No, they give you the whole, no, no, they give you the whole bird. It was a rotisserie, I don't think. I think yeah, yeah, it was a rotisserie. You know, I think it was fried. Oh, I think it was a rotisserie. Okay. It was yeah, a it was rotisserie roti chicken. It was rotisserie okay. and then grilled, not not deep fried. So a little bit healthier. But they gave and him. That's, and he said that. That was one of his statements. Yeah. He was like, it's okay, Frank. It's healthy. It's not fried. <laughs> so he had the whole chicken, right? And he proceeded to eat all of it. He sat down at a table, and this was at like 2.30 in the morning. He sat down at a table and ate the entire chicken in under six minutes. How and the people working in the shop were like, wait, did he just eat the whole chicken? <laughs> like, yeah, and he'll do it again if you'll give him another one for free if he eats it in under 10 minutes. And the guy working there was like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> and then Lucille's is like, I, I don't really want to do this. I've eaten enough chicken, but I'll do it if you guys want me to. <laughs> well, of course you're going to say yes to that. Did he eat it like knife and fork or like proper like Henry VIII stuff? No, this like is with his hands. It. Yeah, yeah, just ripping Tense. it and the ripping and the tearing. It's, wow, it's a good it's it's a good uh, insight into what working at those places must be like on a late Friday Saturday night that you're willing to just bet free chickens to watch someone potentially <laughs> make themselves vomit. <laughs> oh, I mean. Relatively speaking, right? We were their best customers by a mile in the sense that we all were polite and composed ourselves. None of us took a shit on the floor. No one threatened to like glass them. So overall, we were by far, I mean, maybe furlong aside, but overall, we were by far their, <laughs> their nicest customers. We're all in suits also. <laughs> also, we were all dressed very nicely. I love for our listeners that aren't in this friendship circle just what this could mean for like how they interpret us as part of it i mean also put into context right vasilis works at a michelin starred restaurant so anyone visiting paris who wants to get a michelin starred experience just reach out to us by instagram and we'll put you in touch yeah uh, great restaurant yeah Great restaurant you can even see vast deep throat a chicken <laughs> they have a special deal too right so they have the, the like you know they have the the typical michelin star like taster menus you know 13 courses over two hours for hundreds of euros but you can also do the vast special where you just get a whole chicken and you just have to eat it in under 10 minutes or else it costs a thousand euros what a chicken but don't is. worry it's not fried so it's healthy it's not fried it's healthy and it's greek style so very very healthy some greek yogurt with it yeah it's corn cucumber. fed it's corn fed chicken it's fantastic Free range <laughs> so is is that is that the is whole that story? The story so wait yeah. actually here's my question did he walk did he bring the girls with him or did they walk in and then as they walked in he namaste them and told oh, them yeah. they were beautiful that would have been another level. No, he knew them already. He brought them with him. Okay. Um, but over the course of the evening, he said namaste maybe 20 times. And he <laughs> so he also revealed to us, he, we were talking about celebrities. So we were talking about actors. 
And one moment he was like, you know, the thing with actors though, is they're all really short. I know this because I used to be in the industry. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you asked him to qualify that. I was like, what are you talking about, Matt? And he said, oh, when I was 16 years old, I was a model. (laughs) For rotisserie chicken. He says, I had to give up my modeling career for my basketball career. (laughs) That's actually, the the funny part is he he was legitimately good at basketball. No, he was. He actually played for Olympiacos or whatever. So he is actually a really good basketball player. So there's like a modicum of truth in it, but it also just So maybe like a, he was a pretty good model. <laughs> it also just sounds like a Disney movie, you know? Like, it's like Zac oh, Efron. I, yeah, yeah, it's like High School gonna, Musical. It's like, <laughs> what am I going to be, a model or a basketball player? Like, I can't be both. The jocks hate the models. <laughs> and then he if just we ever breaks, asked... And then he breaks into song as he starts like going through the motions of his head. He starts like clicking his fingers as he's like singing along to it. He would just be like, come on, namaste, guys, right? Like we can all get along. Come on. Did did he clench his hands as he did it? Like namaste. No, he doesn't clench his hands. He does do the, the pray. prayer. He does, he does the prayer hands together. He does the Tim Cook namaste. Pray hands. Yes. <laughs> okay. So enlightened maths obviously, you know, spoke to these ladies. Then what? Then he just, honestly, he was just on another level. I don't know what he'd been drinking all evening, but he was incomprehensible. Even by Vasilis' standards, there were tons of moments where he said things that I just didn't understand at all what he was talking about. He told like a 90-minute long story about his brother getting into a fight. And I mean this honestly, it took 90 minutes. (laughs) It could have been summed up in about 25 seconds, which I know for three people who do a two-hour-long podcast like twice a week it's maybe not on us to call out people for not 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 shortening (laughs) stories but yeah he was he was he was in prime vast form tonight i mean the namaste thing right like that's in the hall of fame vast moves that's so i can just picture him just being completely incoherent and just turning around and be like namaste (laughs) he so because he started coming out with all these quotes that these girls who are staying with him found to be very funny wait they're staying with him they're staying, both of them are staying with him, yeah. Are they Greek? No, they're Canadian. Interesting. How how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> how did uh, that come been, about? One of them has met Facilis when she's visited here before. And they have decided <laughs> to find Met. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think in that way. Like Michelin style Met? <laughs> I think Met friends like, of friends. Like, like eat a chicken or deep throat a chicken, Matt. <laughs> I think eat a chicken, but not share a chicken. But they, um, they have decided to create a Twitter account just for their. I think they're staying with him for for three weeks, and I think they oh decided. Oh my god! To, yeah, they've decided to create a Twitter account where they just send the Silas quotes, and. <laughs> Just from that night, they were they were like literally taking notes on their iPhones of things that he was saying. Oh, that is priceless. So I think we'll share that one. We'll share it on our Instagram or on our Twitter. But I think they could what, be some, some solid What an awesome move by them. I have so much respect for them. But also the thing is, too, because it's vast, he was totally oblivious to all of this going on. So when at one moment they were like, hey, repeat that. And he, he began what he said. 
<laughs> oh, 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 you like that one? <laughs> was that deep enough for you? Let me repeat it. Literally, the one girl was just typing it into her like iPhone notes. And I was like, are you writing down what he's saying? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We want to create a Twitter account where we, we just put his quotes out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so good. Admittedly, she did kind of shit on me then by saying like, do you have a Twitter account or are you too old for that? That was that was a rough one for me. Yeah. Oh, are you here reliving your glory days? <laughs> exactly. It was nearly uh, Belushi's uh, beer pong all over again. Oh, my, that's I love that. I can't believe they're staying with him for three weeks. I don't know if I can even stay with Vasilis for three days. And I like the guy. <laughs> and we've stayed with him for three days. It's uh, The advantage they have, right, is they're not trying to motivate him to do things. I legitimately feel as if going on that annual. That's what you're talking about. I I feel like going on that annual trip with Vasilis to London is preparing me for children, and it's kind of like the worst case scenario for my children. I remember when he missed Mr. Eurostar once, as well. Once missing the (laughs) Eurostar every time. Yeah, every time there's an issue, like he stayed out till like six a.m. or something like that. Oh, him missing the Eurostar is actually the least of the problems. That's just the fact that he likes to go out too late. It's more just like when you're with him when we're out and it's just like, hey, Vass, so five of the six of us have decided we want to go and do this. Like, for example, when we decided to go and watch the test match, right? And so what was that? Like seven out of the eight of us were like, let's go watch the test match. And then cricket, 20, by the way, cricket, <laughs> yeah, cricket test match. And literally 20 minutes into the start of play, we've sat down in our seats. We've maybe watched two overs being bowled and then vasco's like all right guys uh, i'm bored we're leaving now <laughs> it was just like no no he is like a little child he'll go to a restaurant and he'll just be like i don't like this restaurant <laughs> they're not like serving chicken nuggets here i want chicken nuggets <laughs> and he he thinks that I'm always like on his side, which I really love. That's like what I love about Vasilis is he's so naive. He's like, come on, Frank's with me. This bar, it's it's boring. We need to go to like a more fun bar, right, Frank? Frank's with me. And I'm just like, Vasilis, we haven't talked in 30 minutes. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and equally right, he always thinks that I enjoy like playing the parental role with him. So he kind of like, he says to me afterwards, he's like, no, but deep down you loved it, right? Like he loved telling me we had to stay. I was like, no, Vass. I did. I think he's got you there, though. I think you do like bossing Vasilis around. No, I don't. Not in that way, at least. Yeah. Oh, man. So then how how did it end up with him? Well, I guess this is a different story because usually with Vasilis, he's trying to bring girls home with him. But at this point, I guess he's trying to keep them at home. It's a little no, different. I mean, this time, right? They don't have, yeah, they don't have a choice. So, there's yeah, no wow. That's how fast wants it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The difficulty for him, right, is he wanted to keep going out. And unfortunately, a global pandemic has shut down his normal lifestyle. Oh, is, that what it, is that what it takes to shut down Vasilis? Basically, yeah. No, the only you can't shut down Vasilis. Global airborne disease pandemic. The only thing that can stop him is the thing he starts. You know, it could be like a good tagline to a movie. (laughs) Bacillus is patient zero, but will it stop him from going out? (laughs) Exactly. In a world. (laughs) 
Which I guess if we're talking about will things be stopped by the pandemic, I'll have one of my smooth segues as usual. So is the NFL season going to finish? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's too popular. There's too much money involved for it to stop. Will it be the same as it is right now? That is debatable. Maybe they right now are kind of in the in the back scenes here trying to put together a little bubble or several mini bubbles and kind of house the teams together like the NHL and the NBA did. Maybe they're working on that right now, you know, behind the scenes. I don't know. But there's no way they stop the NFL. I mean, it would take I, I honestly don't even know what it would take for them to cancel the NFL season. I, I could never see it happening. I mean, so everything coming out of the players, right, is saying that there is no way they are going to agree to a bubble. And yeah, also well, logistically, they say the, that, but I don't buy the teams, it. The teams logistically have said a bubble is just not feasible because unlike in other sports, like say in basketball, you're talking about putting 30 people into a bubble, 40 people per team. Even in baseball, you're talking about putting, I think, like 60 people into a bubble. But in the NFL, you're talking about putting like 150 people per team into a bubble. It's on a scale that you like, we we haven't dealt with up until this point. Yeah, but the difference is, did you see what they were talking about with um, the Titans-Bills game now might be canceled and and in this instance, because there's the precedent that apparently the Titans players were out practicing in parks and stuff like that. Yeah. That the Titans would have to forfeit that. But the big downside is, is if the Titans forfeit, then nobody gets paid. Not even the bills players don't get paid. So if that starts happening, I would love to see how quickly the players association changes their tune to not wanting to be in a bubble when they say, okay, you don't want a bubble, then you don't get paid. I'd love to see Beckham have to pay for getting shit on week after week when he doesn't have his payouts from his games. No, well, is he living, is, wait, is um, OBJ like breadline? Is he like yeah, week he's by paycheck week, to paycheck. paycheck? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he lives page. He lives paycheck dump by paycheck dump. <laughs> you do not know how much it costs Sam to have a woman shit on you, but it is surprising. It can't be cheap. It's got to be way more expensive than some of the more traditional things. Unless you just get creative in a lady's bathroom or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're just going to be a creep with that one. It's a a reverse. It's like an inverted glory hole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no way that Josh Allen... Why are are these legs hanging out of the toilet? Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just shit on my chest. But there's no way Josh Allen's sweet mouth is leaving living uh, paycheck to paycheck. What I don't get about it, right, is it seems a bit inconsistent to me what they actually do. Like Cam Newton uh, test positive, so they delay the game by what two days? So he's still not going to play. But yet the Titans had what was it when it when it first came out with the Steelers? They had was it like four players test positive or five? And they well, in the end, though. they completely can the game. I think and, it's the number of it's the number of players, and I think in a yeah. way, I think the issue also with the Titans, which hasn't gone fully public, which also, I guess Frank has like slightly hinted at there too. I think part of the issue with the Titans is that it also appears that they've been in significant breach of yeah. the league's protocols, which supposedly too, when you hear them talking about the Patriots now, there are some accusations that the Patriots players have been in quite a lot of protocols. Now, the talk is that Stefan Gilmore, who's obviously tested positive this week, 
he was out to dinner with Cam Newton on the day before Cam Newton's pub the test went public that he tested positively. So even there, it's up to us to decide as to whether or not Cam Newton at that moment either knew he'd tested positive or at least knew that he'd come into contact with someone. And so whether or not the two of them should be, should have been out to dinner is an issue. But I just yeah, think... And then the, well, the other thing too with the Titans was I heard um, besides the unauthorized practices, they had also been very lax with their mask wearing around the facilities. And that had come out, I think, either yesterday or today that it was kind of no surprise that a bunch of the Titans were testing positive because they really weren't even enforcing mask wearing and, and other rules that they're supposed to be following. To be honest with you, that's just obvious from the sheer number of them that tested positive. And this isn't to yeah. downplay the seriousness of the virus and the pandemic, but the fact that they were like 12 and then 20 and then whatever, like it was spreading like wildfire through the Titans. It was like, actually, if, if you are adhering to the protocols, okay, a it, it's going to spread to a couple people, but it shouldn't be, the infection rate shouldn't be like 5R. <laughs> like you shouldn't yeah. be breaking every record. With, with masks and six feet apart, yes. there's no way 80% of your team gets gets infected. <laughs> no. So obviously one, even just from the testing results, it's like, no, no, clearly you guys have not been adhering to these rules. Yeah, it makes you think what's going on in that locker room. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the thing Sam's, is like, Sam's like, I'm going to think about that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, and he's, let's he's just keep it. Like, he's also going to be like, wait, hold on a second. I thought you could only get it from the mouth of the throat. You can get it from blowing a guy. Wow. I loved your earlier point about toxic masculinity and things like that. Earlier. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you hypocrite. But the problem Look, is, right. Mental health issues, Sam. I just want to say mental health issues. If you are do... aligning this with mental health issues, I swear to God. <laughs> Men need to take their mental health issues more seriously. If you're having a few dark days, we've all had them. Reach out to a friend. That being said. Namaste. Namaste. That being said, homosexuality is still a sin. <laughs> oh my God. If you fall into that category, don't reach out to a friend, at least certainly not a male friend. I wonder Great. what the boundaries are on this podcast now. Is that is that the lid off? <laughs> oh, now that Sayat has start, have stopped sponsoring us, I think we got no boundaries. I thought you that, said that Sayat has started. Like now we can be really. <laughs> that opinion is of Eddie's own own mouth. Brought to you by Twelve Shots of Vodka from Bugsy's. <laughs> yeah. How many shots that, was it, Eddie? Now, only three. That opinion was brought to you by Jaeger. Jaeger. Drink right, drink strong. Ride the wave. <laughs> but um, so when you're sad, the list. have a shot of Jaeger. You'll feel a bit better. It's quite literal, that appetizing line. But the thing is, right, I looked at it and it was the Falcons, the Pats, the Chiefs, and the Raiders and the Titans have all produced positive test results. So even if teams are adhering to the rules that's the thing with this virus right there might be so many like incidental ways of getting it accidental ways of getting it that even the strictest procedures that the na the nfl have put in maybe aren't enough 
and the problem is people are always going to be getting this virus now and i think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago when the titan thing first came out it's like at some point the nfl is going to have to make a pretty big decision on whether they just lock down the league for a couple of weeks or have to keep going with this really arbitrary piecemeal kind of like oh one person tested positive so let's delay the game two days oh we still don't know about this game even like two days before it's kicking off it it seems a bit too arbitrary and piecemeal at the moment so no one can really plan for it so i think at some point they're gonna have to like stop the league if tests keep going the way they are or isolate clubs and stop them from playing I mean, in a way, I have two issues. I think one, in a sense, the league was maybe a victim. I think complacency maybe set in because they went through four weeks without any positive tests, basically. And I think in a way that was bad for them. They needed one or two, even if they'd been sort of not non-high profile players, it would have helped just to be like, look, guys, there is still a risk of you testing positive. And so particularly for the high profile players, you need to continue to be very strict on how you behave. So I think the one good news in a sense is here early in the season, you're going to get a reminder for teams and particularly for teams who think they're going to be playoff and Super Bowl challengers. This is going to be a big reminder of you need to behave properly. The one thing I will say from the scheduling perspective, the league, I don't get why they scheduled this like a normal season and why they didn't basically say like, we're going to be in a situation where for sure we're going to have to postpone games so why don't we put in multiple bye weeks? That is a bye week for every team. And that way, if we have to postpone a week six game, it's going to get played in the like week eight bye week that everyone has. And instead now, you don't even, you have obviously every team has their one bye week, but in different weeks. So you can't just reschedule a game that easily. You're going to have to add it on to the end of the season, which okay, kind of works. They're just going to have to delay the playoffs and delay the Super Bowl. They can do that, but it would have been so much easier to just come into the season saying like, look, the reality is we're probably going to have to delay a game for almost every team here. Let's put a bye week in week seven for every team and a bye week in week 14 for every team. And that way, that's your, if you don't have any delayed games, you're going to get a bye week. And if you do have a delayed game, that's when you're playing it. I just, I don't know. The, the Pats one seemed the most curious to me because someone tests positive all of the players in the coaching team would have been at some point in close contact with Cam Newton. And the advice is for those people to isolate for, I, th I think it's the same in the US as the UK. So you're meant to isolate for a period of 14 days. So because the symptoms can come like three or four days after, they can come right away, et cetera. So it seems a bit confusing to me that they had one high profile player that's training with everyone, interacting with everyone and just delayed the game by two days, therefore meaning that all of the players and coaching staff are still interacting and mingling with each other, even after they've met Cam. So it, it just seemed a bit dumb for me, the, the, the NFL's decision just to postpone it. It should have just been a case of doing what they did with the Titans and just going, right, it's, it's done. Yeah, and also the thing that I find anyway, right? Because we all, every league has all these protocols, strictly, you know, you see the players, they don't high five, they, they either do like air high fives or they do the elbow bumps or at most they're doing fist bumps and stuff. You watch Roland Garros right now, right? At the end of the match, they don't shake hands. They hit their tennis rackets together and stuff. Even doubles partners the in between points, they sort of hit their tennis rackets. And at those moments, I'm like, hold on a second. These, these guys are like playing together all the time. Is not touching hands in between points going to be the thing that stops them from 
contracting the virus. And then the, so you had all these things, which on the face of it look great. And then equally I'm watching the Yankees. I mean, the A's Astros game last night and the A's have an Australian relief pitcher who might be the best closer in baseball right now. And uh, so a, his name is Liam Hendricks. And after he'd pitched in their wild card round, I think he pitched like 50 pitches around there as in relief, which is a lot of pitches. The, the, the coat, the manager of the Astros came in and told him it was a Herculean performance. And either because this guy is too stupid or because he thought the manager was getting a, making a good joke. He said, Oh, I thought he said Herculeum. And he thought, so already that was a bad sign for this guy. But then the guy said, oh no, after I, after I come in in relief and we win a game, as a tradition within the clubhouse, we have a putting contest at the end of games. And when we win and I've pitched, I do the putting contest in the nude. And so even now with all the COVID restrictions and stuff, when the A's win a game and Liam Hendricks is pitched, he goes back into the clubhouse, strips nude, grabs a putter and gets into this like 10 foot putting contest. That's a very bizarre tradition. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't don't even get the putting contest in general. I, and then, and then you add on the nudity that I really don't understand it. Putting contest, I'm, I may Unless get he's right. getting into the nude and he's maybe Eddie, it's the putting contest and he gets into the nude and he becomes the cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing is I maybe get the putting contest that so you're looking for some like competitive way to kind of cool down a little bit and kind of celebrate. I could get on board if I was on a baseball team and they were like, look, after a game, we do a putting contest and get naked. I'd be in on it. But if one guy came out and he was just like stark naked, I'd be like, nah, I'm out. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I know we shower together. I know we change next to each other. I know I see you naked all the time. Like there's but no, we don't putt naked. <laughs> but we I don't watch you line up a putt with your dick just hanging between <laughs> your legs. Now, do you think he does the whole lineup? Do you think he gets behind yeah. it and like squats down? <laughs> he, he gets like he gets on the ground at all fours and like looks down on, on the surface. I mean, maybe that's the secret, right? You know how modern, like the caddies, they do that thing where they walk down the putt and they kind of like put their feet there and they're like trying to feel the slope in, yeah. the, tube, in the feet. Maybe for him, he goes there and he just like looks down on his dick and he just sees like what angle it's hanging at. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this one's easy. This one's breaking like one inch to the left, <laughs> slightly downhill. I got this one. Modern, modern golfing. I can't keep up. He's like, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be surprised if Deschambeau tries that out next week. <laughs> He's like, the balls tell me the left to right, and the dick tells me the slope. What an oddly, like, in tune penis and testicles that guy has. <laughs> now, the interesting thing to throw into this <laughs> new spit on clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah, the he's just got He gets the lay of the land like he's at Augusta, like the week before. Just like, I'm just, just kind of, you know, just kind of getting the lay, making sure the dick and balls are okay with the light. Well, here's guys, the we got thing. guys. We got another naked guy running, running on the 18th at Augusta. <laughs> no, that's just Liam. He's just scouting the greens. <laughs> just mapping him out. <laughs> and then he gets it onto like an app, and then so instead of the app, that's like the 3D contour of the greens. It's just him, his naked balls and dick. He just like plop them anywhere on the green. 
like interactively like how you can pick that little guy up and google maps and put him on the map it's like that except you're just taking his genitalia and popping it on the green (laughs) the thing with him that's interesting this might make it either more surprising or less surprising i think it's less surprising from the personality standpoint but more surprising based off his career is that he's australian so what does it got to do with getting naked and putting? I don't get it. Is, is it more to do with the fact that he's a baseballer that's Australian? So the fact that he's the fact that he's arguably the best closer in baseball makes the fact that he's Australian surprising. The fact that he is like embraces his nudity and like is just kind of a lad and strips naked at any opportunity seems kind of normal for an Australian. So there's a balance there. In a way, the nudity is more explained, like by him blaming like the quirkiest guy in the in the like locker room, gets explained by the fact that he's Australian. So but Australians still... are known for their nudity. Oh yeah, are they? Yeah, yeah. Go stay at a hostel anywhere in Europe, and you'll see a bunch of uh, nude Australians. Go to Belushi's, you're going to see a bunch of them. <laughs> okay, <I'm> on it. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take Jake just to see how angry he gets or uncomfortable. But you know what you you know what you're not going to see a lot of nude Australians usually in Major League Baseball clubhouses. So we were talking about um, COVID. I don't know how we got on. To, like, the, oh, it was to do with the oddity of the spreading of the virus, right? Whether or not they're adhering, because because it's yeah. obviously it's juxtapositioning the fact that they're saying Liam Hendricks is going in and stripping naked and taking part in a in a pitching contest in a sorry a. Uh, Putting contest. <laughs> if only it was a pitching contest. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's pitching to, something. You have to. You have to then consider that at the same time, everyone in baseball is wearing a mask at almost all times if they're not playing. So you have a manager coming out to talk wearing a mask. And it's like, okay, you're going through all of this publicly, but then as soon as you get into the locker room, someone's stripping naked and you're all grabbing the same putter, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet. Playing tummy sticks. Is that what they call it at Penn State? <laughs> no, it's, it's actually wedding singer reference. Well, what did they call it at Penn State then? <laughs> you just, you tummy said sticks. That, just tummy sticks. <laughs> Still tummy sticks. Still tummy sticks. Yeah. But we didn't originate. We, we didn't we didn't start it. So okay. I mean, with that in mind, NFL. So we might as well go through some of our picks, right? So I'll give you the rundown of the standings, and then Sam, obviously, you can give us all of uh, this week's spreads. So coming into this week, Sam had a pretty pretty sizable lead still. He was still uh, up in front, but he did he fared the worst of us. So this week, I went 11-4 and four straight up, 8-6-1 and one against the spread. Frank, you went 12-3 and three straight up, but also 8-6-1 and one against the spread. And Sam went nine and six straight up and six, eight and one against the spread. Ooh, how the mighty fall. So the overall how the turntables turn. I am almighty. The the overall standings are remarkably close now because now the overall standings, I am 45, 17, and one straight up. Sam is 42, 20, and one straight up. And 42, 20, and one straight up. And Frank is 40, 22, and one straight up. So that's all pretty close. Could change within a week. Against the spread, I am 34, 27, and two. Sam is, is all, Sam is also 34, 27, and two. 
and Frank, you are 32, 29 and two. So we are between the three wow. of us, we are separated by two games, but at the same time, all, above all over 500. 500. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Got to stick with the big chill. We know, we know the, we know the spreads. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad for all of us to be, you know, sort of comfortably above 500, right? It's not a game to be comfortably above 500. It's uh, not bad after uh, four weeks. Quarter of the season already done. So with that in mind, we've got tonight's game. Um, we've got the Bucks. Oh, shit, we do. We've got the Bucks at the Bears. Um, both three and one. And uh, yeah, but one team is really three and one. The other <laughs> yeah, team one's is the fake one. three and one. <laughs> yeah. So um, at the moment, it, it surprised me. The Bucks have got three and a half point, uh, three and a half point favorites, and I've I've had two terrible weeks. So I tried to look at my picks a bit more, what I was doing in the first two weeks, but also trying to look a bit more at the numbers and. The simple stats for this game, I, I was a bit surprised that the Bucks were only three and a half points because when you look at it, the, the Bucks were eighth in offense compared to the Bears who were 22nd in offense. And then in defense, they line up about the same. So they're eighth and uh, ninth and eighth respectively. But for me, that massive amount of offense like that the Bucks are generating at the moment is is worthy of three and a half points. So that's the reason I'm going Bucks and to cover that three and a half point spread. I, I agree with you. I was kind of surprised by how uh, small the spread was. And it's actually, it's it's grown smaller over the week. So I think when the line opened, the Bucks were like five-point favorites, and it's gradually yeah. moved to three and a half. So obviously money over the course of the week is coming for the Bears. I don't really get that. I kind of agree with you. I think the Bears brought some bad juju onto themselves with the, the Mitch Trubitsky benching. I think they're going to look back on this. This could be the curse of the Bambino, right? Like this might be 80 years of hell for uh, for the Bears here. 80 but, years for a benching of Trubisky. Exactly. <laughs> that's, and, such, that's such a harsh, harsh yeah. penalty. Uh, if only we'll they it, knew. If only they knew. We'll call it the Trubisky turbulence. And, uh, and they're... <laughs> I, I don't see any reason. I don't really, it's hard for me to pick an area of this where the Bears are the better team, which that's kind of always a little bit what you touched on there. I think that's always one of those things when you're looking at a game, like where where are they going to win it? And I kind of look at it like offensively, the the Bucks are better. Defensively, the Bucks are better. Even if statistically, throw out the stats because you're four weeks in. So even if you adjust it for your opponents, it's still kind of the sample size is so small that it's difficult to tell. I think when you watch the eye test on both of them, I feel the Bucks are a significantly better team. That being said, two quarters into the Bucks, or not even two, midway through the second quarter in that Bucks game, I probably would have felt a little bit differently about the Bucks on Sunday. And it wasn't until they had the defensive turnover, like forced the turnover right before the half, that they kind of really flipped on that on the game that they were they had. But the positive way to look at it, I mean, Brady kind of his stats were a little bit misleading. He in the end threw for a lot of yards. He threw multiple touchdown passes to different receivers. Like on paper, everything looks good. When you were watching it, it maybe looked like he was a little bit past his best, which is kind of the Brady of the last couple of years. I also, I, up until I'll also kind of round this off by just saying, Brady on a like nationally televised like game. I'm not picking against Brady until he really starts to shit the bed consistently. 
So I'm not taking Brady to lose on a Thursday night game against the Bears until I start to really think the Bucks are not all that they're made out to be. So, so they're covering the spread for you, yeah? Covering the spread and winning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think exactly the same. Uh, they'll cover and they'll win outright. I mean, the Bears' defense has been pretty decent. The I the stat I know Eddie said throw out the stats, but the stat I saw that was pretty interesting was they've held quarterbacks to a seventy four point four QB rating, which is pretty low. The Bears, um, the Bears have yeah. Yeah, but who have they the played? Uh, yeah, they played the Colts. Oh yeah, they played the Colts. They got they probably got lucky in that one, in the sense oh, of how, in like a, how, they did nothing. Yeah, they played the Eagles, right? They played the Colts. They played Atlanta, so they played Matt Ryan, and they played um, Wonderkin Daniel Jones. Okay, so uh, a walking corpse. And Stafford. Okay, sorry, I mistook the Eagles for the Lions. So Stafford, Matt Ryan, and Philip Rivers. They're not terrible QBs. But it's like if it were all Daniel Jones, then I'd agree. But it's also not a murderer's row of QBs. No, it's not. But it's it's better than I thought it would have been. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't think their defense was playing well at all, really. There's no elite QBs in there though. Yeah. And there's no good teams in there. Yeah. Yeah, but I still think that with the exception of the Colts. I'll put the Colts in the good category. But they've played one playoff team. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the other thing you have to look at too is then re- flip the script. Their offense is nowhere near as good as the Bucks' defense. Should we say frail? So, are they the frail offense? No, I, I think frail probably implies that they are good, but very could easily not be good, and that isn't the Bears. <laughs> is Big Nick? Is yeah. Big Dick Nick a little frail? <laughs> has, has, his, has his dick been worn down over the years and it's not quite as Man, you're rock, coming in hard with the d word <laughs> not quite as not quite as rock solid as it used to be and, and hey that's the all right sam what's the next game <laughs> no 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 hold on i mean that's i mean that brings up too right that's the story i'm not finished from, I'm that's not the storyline from this game right this is a super bowl rematch of quarterbacks on different teams yeah that's true that's actually a pretty good one which is a reason why even more confidence in the Patriots because you know Brady Oof, has, has falls. He's had yeah. the falls picture on his wall all week, just just kind of throwing darts into it just and just furious. being like, "No way am I losing to this guy again." Furious. So I assume Frank, you're taking the bucks yeah. and covering. Yeah, bucks, bucks. Yep. All right. Next game. I didn't actually have any notes on this because I just think it's a. A simple one is Cardinals at the Jets, and the Cardinals are seven-point favorites. And I, I mean, they've just said that Donald's out, right? So, um, not that that mattered or meant anything, but that was the only news I saw. Um, so, any sort of so, who who is the starting QB now for the Jets? Joe Flacco, my friend. It's Flacco, that, isn't it? I, that could potentially scare me more than Sam Darnold being the QB. I mean, kind but, of scares me. Yeah, so but here's the issue, right? Sam Darnold's out. And in addition to that, the um, O tackle, the rookie that they got, uh, Becton from Louisville, he's also out. So now you're putting in, shall I call him frail, Joe Flacco, in at QB without his cornerstone tackle to protect him. 
against a Cardinals team who played terrible last week. So, you know, they're going to be hungry. I, I don't see this working out well for Flacco. I, I think the cards will rebound. I think this is a good game for them to rebound. Uh, I think they'll win. And what's what spread are you giving me, Sam? Seven. Yeah, I'll take the cards still. Okay. Might get a push out of that, but I'll still take it. Yeah, as you as you both know, I've not been high on the cards all year. I kind of was trying to tell people to temper their expectations. I think the expectations have been sufficiently tempered over the past couple of weeks through the cards, you know, underwhelming performances. Um and if anything, the disappointing fact as a Niners fan is their week one defeat to the cards has aged very, very badly. Um, but yeah, I, I, we've kind of spoken about each week. I'm not picking against the Jets. I'm not picking in favor of the Jets against an immediate, like remotely decent team until they show something better. Flacco scares me a little bit, but I'll, I'll definitely take the Cardinals to win. Seven points feels about right to me, but I'm still going to take the Cardinals to cover. Okay. Um, next one. Do you want to just do money line with Bills Titans in case it plays? I, I haven't seen any spreads. There's been no spreads all through the week. I imagine people have got like projected lines and stuff like that, but I haven't bothered to look at them. So, I mean, would we all go Bills with this one if they did play? It's so... Yeah, Random. it's impossible. It's impossible to say. So it right just it it was just announced literally like a minute ago. Titans Bills are being moved to Tuesday. Okay. As so long as there that. are no more positive tests. So we can make that pick on Monday. But I'll say right <laughs> yeah. now, I'm I'm taking the Bills to win. Particularly because I'm assuming the Titans are going to be missing some players even on Tuesday that yeah. they're not going to be at full strength and they definitely won't have practiced as much as you would hope that they would have. So I'm definitely taking the bills, but in terms of picking against the spread, I guess we can pick that on uh, on Monday night. I don't get it, right? So 22 players, or what is it, 24 members of the Titans team, coach, staff, everyone, have tested positive for COVID, and yet their decision to delay it by two days is going to somehow improve that? Well, I it guess what they, sense the, to me. the key thing they look for is it's the same with the um, – Pats Chiefs game that they moved by 24 hours. The key thing they want to see is no more positive tests. So basically, they feel comfortable playing the game once they stop seeing positive tests in the team. And so, in the case of this this game, I'm assuming what they're hoping to see is that the Titans have no more positive tests, and from whatever combination of their existing squad plus practice squad, they can put up like some sort of team and play the game. It's even more reason to be confident in the Bills. And I guess you could say if the Bills end up playing that game on the Tuesday, that's a great win for the Bills in that they've, it's not like the the thing that was unfortunate for the Steelers is they kind of got like an unplanned bye week. So you didn't really get to yeah. take advantage of it. In this instance, you're not, you, you'll have got extra week to kind of rest and prepare like extra couple of days. You're going to get to play a weakened Titans. So in a sense, a weakened what everyone expects to be a playoff team. Now it's the downside is going to be are the bills and the Titans then supposed to play again the following Sunday. So they're going to have a really yeah, short sure. week. So that's going to suck for them. They're going to have a five day week for their following game. I don't know on the schedule who they're supposed to play, but that's not going to be ideal. But yeah, you have to like the bills more this week. Yeah. I put bills yeah. In, so. so yeah, I'll put bills in, but while we're on this, because Josh Allen being a potential MVP candidate, 
since it's we can do our still too early Wait, to hold decide. On. Hold on, just to what? just to say, according to the current schedule, the Bills would be playing the Thursday night game against the Chiefs. <laughs> oh no, that, no, that got pushed back as well already. Okay. Okay. I saw that. That that got pushed back to I think it said the 18th maybe or something like that. I'm sorry. But okay, Tennessee, so that's, that's Tennessee that, that, decimating. Oh, here team. it's it's scheduled for Sunday, October 18th. Okay, so a normal Sunday game. Yeah, <laughs> the Titans so are decimating this league. <laughs> so basically, yeah. potentially, there's no Thursday night game next Thursday. Yeah, great. Okay, Thursday night games suck anyway. Well, it, that's the thing, though. Bills Chiefs would have been a great Thursday night game. It would have been awesome. You're right. All right. So, oh, even better because Mahomes is in the conversation as well as an MVP. So I've put together. I'm going to share my screen here with with the boys. I'll also put this up on Instagram um, before the episode comes out, so you can go to our Instagram and look at it if you want as well. So I'm sharing with you, I think six or seven potential MVP candidates with their names concealed and their stats. So you have their record overall. I only took people who are either four and zero or three and one, because I took like the first five or six people in the MVP race, not quarterbacks only. I didn't include Alvin Kamara. Um, their, their record for the teams they've played against and then completions, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, adjusted yards per attempt, their rating, their QBR, number of sacks, number of fourth quarter comebacks they've had, which I think should be considered when you're an MVP candidate, if you're actually leading your team to comebacks, game-winning drives, and then rushing yards, rushing TDs, first down runs, and fumbles. So out of these okay. ones, now that you've looked at it, Am I supposed to be trying to figure out who's who, or am I no, supposed to no, no, no? I want you to, I want you to tell me out of just off the stats here, who do you think should be the MVP? Stats. Granted, I'm sure you can kind of figure out who's who if if you kind of know your stats well enough. Yeah, in I, have the a, I have a reasonable guess as to who's who. Yeah, and yeah. I also feel like I feel like I know who the person I would want. I think statistically, based on this. I'm going to take D. You're going to take D. And I think I know, I know who you think it is. Okay. I know. I think I'm pretty sure I know who D is. I, I think I want to take B. And you I think I B. know. And I think I know who it is just because the rush yards is so little. So okay. I guess I'll say I think D is Josh Allen. And I think D, D is, is Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so wait, so you're going B and Eddie's going D. Okay, ready? Yeah. Wow, he's got a reveal. So I pick. Okay. Okay, so you picked Josh. What Allen. a surprise! So I Sam picked Josh picked Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> Even a blind test, he can't resist him. <laughs> and Eddie has picked Russell Wilson. I Sam thought you has... would be able to pick out Russell Wilson because he's got the 16 touchdown passes. Yeah, that's true. I should have noticed. I kind of looked actually more at the. I was kind of looking more towards the record against and the game-winning drives and stuff. Yeah. All we can say is Sam has like a Liam Hendricks dick for picking out Josh Allen. Even in a dark room, he'd be able to sense him. Yeah, and and I mean, again, I'll put this up on Instagram, but the first four, which are Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, if you take out the names, their stats are 
almost impossible right now to really pick apart a clear winner. I mean, yeah. you have Josh Allen who has two game winning touchdown drives. I mean, that is almost the definition of an MVP, someone who, you know, leads the team to the victories and is four and oh versus, you know, someone like Aaron Rodgers, whose QBR is 93, which is insane. That's an insane QBR. You know, and then you have Mahomes, who's 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, 100 yards rushing uh, and a touchdown rushing, which is pretty impressive as well. Um, the thing I will say, Lamar Jackson, his stats are not looking good this year. Passing yards are down. TDs are down. His QBR rating is uh, above average at best. Three fumbles. You know, he's not looking so great. The, the, the concerning yards. stat, I guess, if you look at this, and I guess there's an element of mobile quarterback versus non-mobile, right? Because if you look at Josh yeah. Allen, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson, you've got nine sacks, 11 sacks, 11 sacks. Yeah. And that might be the one when you're trying to project what their performance will be like over the course of the season. It would be like if you keep getting sacked at that rate, the other stats are going to decline. Yeah. So in a what, way, what surprised me is Josh Allen only has 15 yards rushing. Yeah, that is surprising. I feel like I've watched him have more than 15 yards rushing. Um, I'm assuming, though, the it. yards rushing, yeah, you lose, it, you lose it with sacks. I think so, so. Nine sacks, you're losing a few, and he's probably lost like five or six yards sometimes, like rolling out and getting hit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you really look at it, I know obviously I picked D, uh, Russell Wilson, as the one I like the most. But when you do really look at it so far, Aaron Rodgers kind of has the best performance. It's yeah. different, like zero interceptions, 13 touchdowns. It's I mean, I would give it to either Rodgers or Allen right now. It would be close. Yeah. Allen has the, the, Allen has the more game-winning drives, and he's playing against a better record of teams. Like That's what scares me about Russell Wilson is the Seahawks are 4-0, combined record of all their teams they've played is four and 12. I mean, that's pretty shit. Yeah. Shitty. That being said, right. When you're four games in and you've won all four games, you've guaranteed that the best combination, like the best possible record of your opponents could Eight be and 12 four, and four, 12, 12 and four. And four. Yeah. Like that's the best outcome. So yeah. it's not that weird that, that he's playing against teams that are four and 12. Cause it, you know, it just means that they've, you know, they've lost one of three of game, one of three, one out of three games against their other opponents. It's not crazy. Well, yeah. lost, you know, one, one of the three. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's, it's a it's, tight race. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so far, it's a really interesting year. You know, you have the, the old man and Rogers trying to hang with the young guns of Alan Mahomes and Russell Wilson, I guess is probably in the middle there somewhere. It's also going to be a tough thing is because it's always going to come down to, too, of like, how do you define MVP, which is one of those things you have to worry about each year. It's like, do you find MVP as the best player in the league? Do you find MVP as a player who like dragged his team to a higher performance? Because in a way you would say on paper, if all of these people keep it up, there's kind of no way Mahomes should be MVP just because the team around him is so stacked. That if, But I will say, given that, if you watch the games with Mahomes, the reason oh, the Chiefs are winning right now is because Mahomes is literally carrying them for most of it. You know, you know, like there's some of these games you watch, like the third and the fourth quarter, you know, they're not winning very you could, you strongly. Could. And then Mahomes just starts doing these crazy things and gets them drive after argue. drive to score. 
Yeah, but you could argue, Frank, that he's underwhelming for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter he like goes like, okay, guys, let's turn this on and win it, and they do it. And then it's like, oh, wow, what an amazing fourth quarter from Patrick Mahomes. So, well, if you'd played four good quarters, you would have crushed them in the same way that Aaron Rodgers is crushing people over four quarters. Like yeah. Aaron Rodgers isn't keeping games close and then and then kind of putting the nail in the coffin in the final drive. If, if you do the, sh- the shittiest team with the – like if you do the player is carrying the shittiest team to a good record – argument then i think you have to give it to rogers rogers out of those out of those four yeah or uh but wilson Wilson has dk metcalf wilson has weapons around him but his defense is so bad that he is literally going into games being like if i don't put up 35 points we're losing yeah like he's kind of feeling. i would say rogers or wilson like mentally you would almost feel the pressure as wilson like in the first quarter of like if we are not scoring points on almost every drive we're in huge trouble here. And none of those other quarterbacks could actually say that, like on that entire list. Dak Prescott wasn't on that list, but he could probably no, he share wasn't. a similar sentiment. <laughs> yeah, but desperate. Yeah, unfortunately for Dak Prescott, he's cost them games at the same time. Yeah. And he's one in three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's unfortunate. Like he could, he could have been a spin. If he hadn't had the, the, the interception against the Seahawks, and even, uh, I guess that's the real blow for him. If he hadn't had that, you could have tried to spin that. Even with a one and three record, he'd kind of he was on MVP pace in terms of his individual performance. But that was the moment where you're like, well, if you're going to be MVP, you have to have the the drive that ties the game. If you don't produce that, too bad. And so to throw the pick that ends the game. It's like, nah, yeah, no, too bad. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the picks. But I thought that was just interesting putting that together without the names to see what you guys would pick. All right, next one's a good game or a good matchup, in my opinion, is uh, Panthers at the Falcons. And surprisingly, Falcons are one-point favorites. So basically, it's a tight game, right? It's a toss-up. Frank? This is a tough one. Just because for some reason, I don't know why, I refuse to give up on the Falcons. I, I don't I watch them every week because I always end up betting on them and they disappoint and I have to watch them lose bombastically. One could one could use the word. I, I mean, they were killed by Green Bay. I mean, that was painful to watch. The Falcons couldn't stop Rogers at all. Anything. Anything Rogers wanted to do that game, he did. The Panthers, on the other hand, looked their best game of the year last year or this year playing the Cardinals and beating the Cardinals and beating them up pretty good. I mean, again, that was another game I watched because that was my only loss in my teaser and the Cardinals never looked like they were going to win that game. They could not stop Teddy Bridgewater. And if they keep that same game plan, I, I think they'll beat them. So uh, what is the spread? One. This doesn't sound like you're on the Falcons. This sounds like sentimentally one. you're on the Falcons. Yeah, spread is one. So you, you're picking the winner, basically, unless you are very bold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with the below ones. Come I'll on. put it this way, Frank. If you pick the Falcons to win but not cover and they win by a point, <laughs> I will. we will declare you the winner of this picking contest. That would be monumentally <laughs> impressive. We'll move the spread. I will to, go. We'll move the spread. Hold on, Frank. 
Okay. I'll give you the spread. We'll move it to 1.5 for you so that you could win on the Falcons winning by on the Falcons. No, we'll move it to, sorry, 0.5 so that you win if the Falcons only win by one. No, 1. 1.5. Oh, 1. 1. 1. 1.5. Yeah, yeah, 1. yeah. 1.5. Yeah. So you win if the Falcons only win by one. We'll move it to that. And if you want to thread the needle that closely, you win it out. So is it we Falcons win. minus 1.5? Yeah. So yeah. we'll tease the line another half a point. To give okay. you the opportunity to say, I will say the Falcons win, but the Panthers <laughs> cover the spread of one point five. I got him to take the bait, Sam. I got him. I love it's it. so easy. <laughs> it's, I love so it. Easy. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm going. Um, I, I'm going Panthers here. I, I like what Frank was saying about the Cardinals game. What was good about it though is that they kept Kyler Murray, I think, to only about 133 yards. I know he got three touchdowns, but that's good pass defense as far as I'm concerned. And they're going up against the Falcons, which are basically just one big giant train wreck when it comes to uh, giving away yards at the moment and with defense. So I don't think they'll be able to stop Bridgewater. I think if anything, he's averaging a pretty consistent like 260, 280. And with the Falcons, that will just go up. I, I think this is a pretty easy one for me, actually. So I'm going Panthers. And obviously, I, I think they'll cover. I guess I say that they're covering the one point five now. It's not like a a Frank special. The one point. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you. It's collective one point five. Okay. Twenty seven, twenty six Falcons. You heard it wow. here first. <laughs> All right. This might be the end of this uh, bit if if Frank nails this. What are you going, Eddie? So, I think I'm going to have to switch my IV this week. So I think based on the Vikings matchup. <laughs> I'm not sure I can hook myself up directly to Kirk Cousins. I think it's risky. I think I, I emptied the IV bag last week. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to restock on Kirk Cousins a week from now to keep fighting this pandemic. And so I think I'm going to have to medicate this week with a little bit of Matty Ice. And I'm going to, I'm going to take the Falcons. And, and this week's IV bag is going to be filled with the essence of Matt Ryan. You haven't even said like blood. You've said essence. Essence. <laughs> Pure essence, yeah. <laughs> so are they covering the 1.5? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's a difficult one, right? Because the Panthers, in a way, we, we all wrote them off when Christian McCaffrey went out and they have other injuries and you kind of just like, well, season over. And their season is over in the sense that they're not, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> but they are surprisingly frisky as they've shown over the past couple of weeks. And we've touched on in an earlier week when we talked about the Saquon Barkley situation and drafting a quarter uh, running back high and overpaying running backs. Is this, is the Christian is the Panthers arguably being better without Christian McCaffrey, just another nail in the coffin of the concept of having an elite running back. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a good argument because I, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I am a believer that good systems can put just about any running back in and they can do well. Now, having said that, is Christian McCaffrey going to be a little extra better than his replacement? Yes, I think so. But in terms of the overall output he's going to have for that for the team like in the, the team's ability to win i don't think getting an extra 30 40 yards a game is going to win them more games whereas if you just have a good system 
that any type of running back can be successful, that's what's going to win you the games. And, and I fully, I mean, I still, to this day, the Steelers are the prime example. You can put any running back into that Steelers team and they will almost average a hundred yards rushing and have some nice catches and get some nice touchdowns because Tomlin just has a good running team, no matter what. And I think this is yeah, another you example you're too. getting now. We, yeah. We said it too, right? Like I said, it, the Niners, not to plug the Niners, but the Niners are a good example. Niners Nation. They can have Niners Nation. Go to it, check it out. See my podcast on Niners Nation every Wednesday, but uh, you can, you can, you know, you can just plug in, you know, with Shanahan, you can, you can plug and play a, a running back and running back by committee, and the the combine they're going to pick up a hundred to one hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown. And I, I having mean, said that, McCaffrey still has the most yards on the team at one hundred and fifty six. <laughs> and also, the thing with McCaffrey too is he's not just a running back, and he's also actually their best receiving weapon to typically. So in a way, you could say that you could convert Christian McCaffrey from a running back to, say, a slot receiver, and he'd probably be their best wide receiver. What a slap in Robbie Anderson's face, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've just put I've just taken whipped Liam Hendricks dick out and just put it right <laughs> across his face. As soon as Frank said that, I knew you were going to bring a dick into that. <laughs> yeah. He's he's got it on the mind. Let's be serious. He just he just I, hung out with Vasilis, so we know what, why he's why he's got it on the mind. Namaste. Oh, by the way, guys, namaste. guys, it's been a while. Namaste. <laughs> I hope you're having a rested and peaceful day listening to our podcast. I Sam, hope the second half of our podcast is as great as the first half has been, guys. Sam, I just want to tell you, you're a strong, beautiful man. A strong, independent man. <laughs> He's not so, independent. You're I'm not codependent. I'm <laughs> You're strong. Codependent. <laughs> You're a strong, needy man. Great. All right. So I just had to recheck that because I looked at the Panthers Falcons and we've both taken the 1.5 there, Frank. So just wanted to triple check Excellent. that you are doing the 1.5. Yep. Okay. I love the next game. Bengals at Ravens, and the Ravens are 12.5 favorites. Now, Oh, that sweet, I, sweet mouth. I that am, sweet, sweet mouth. I am saying it now. Baltimore are winning this game, but they are not covering that spread. I, so, I knew that was coming. So, so it's, there's a bit of history in it. There's a bit of history in it in the fact that they, they don't lose that badly, the Bengals. Every, every time they've lost this season, they haven't lost that badly. Um, if they win this, then technically they're 2-1-1. Which isn't bad. Um, sorry, if they win this, they'll be two two one two two one. Sorry, yeah, which isn't that bad. Um, but also, but the thing is, they've yet to lose against the spread, right? Yeah, they they've let yet, yet to they lose had the one push. The they yeah. had the one push. Yeah. So uh, the thing is, I think they're getting better every week. I think Burroughs is putting up a pretty good partnership with Boyd and Mixon. But also, I looked at the Ravens, and the thing, the thing that's going against the Bengals is that their run defense is pretty bad, which is ultimately probably what's going to cost them in this game massively. But the thing is, one of the issues that Burroughs has been having is that he, his, the amount of sacks that he's um, letting up. And the thing <laughs> of is, sex? Did you just say? No, sacks, you donut. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's letting up too much sex. <laughs> the issue the, the big issue that Joe. The big issue that Joe Burrow has is he doesn't know how often Sam is picturing having sex with him. Brilliant. <laughs> but the thing is, right, the Ravens have only got nine sacks in four games. 
And so I think Burroughs is going to have more time. And I think that's going to help him. And I, I think the Ravens will win, but I just don't think they're going to win by 13 or more. So I'm I going Ravens, dis- but I'll cover the, but I think the Bengals will cover that spread. I am going to disagree with you here a bit in that whilst the Ravens have not had a ton of sacks so far, they've been up against QBs who are maybe not always the easiest to sack. And now they're up against the QB who is arguably not because of his own personal performance, but because of the line protecting him, mm. the easiest to sack in the league. And I think they're absolutely going to make hay this week. So I think the amount of pressure the Burrow is under is going to be even more than he's faced in previous weeks. Okay. The big question mark here is Lamar Jackson and will he play? Because he's missed two days of practice so far. The first time in his career he sat out back-to-back days. <laughs> you bringing this up. Why? <laughs> that, yes, but when you read the reports, the Ravens are saying they're not concerned that he won't play. But obviously when you do have a quarterback, particularly a knee injury, which is what he's missing playing time for, and when you have some a mobile quarterback like him, you have to have an element of concern that a will he play b if he plays will he be limited will he you know in terms of what he does normally and c if he does get hit when running with the ball are you looking at the prospect of him being taken out of the game early and also even with a spread as high as this 12 and a half points are you even just looking at ravens are up by 18 at the beginning of the fourth and rg3 comes in so even if he's fully healthy, are you maybe looking at Lamar getting pulled earlier in the game and how that could impact a spread as high as this? All so that being said, I'm very confident the Ravens will win. As, as Frank knows, I picked them in the survivor pool that we do. I've picked the Ravens as my pick this week. So they, I'm considering them in a sense my safest pick of the week in terms of just straight up winning. 12 and a half is high. But assuming that Lamar Jackson plays, I'm going to take the 12 and I'm going to, the Ravens are going to cover. When you say assuming he plays, I'm not going to give you a change of pick if he doesn't. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm gambling okay. on the fact that he plays in terms of okay. making that pick. And so arguably I would say in a way, the safer pick is taking the points because if he doesn't play and say you're getting 12 and a half points, can RG3 cover 12 and a half points? Becomes a little bit questionable. Can, can RG3 score 12 and a half points? No, RG3 is going to put on a show. Eddie, if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, how much less confident are you in your survivor pick? It doesn't change my confidence in them straight up winning all that much, actually, because I think the mismatch is everywhere else. I actually don't think the quarterback is that big of an issue there. Okay. Um, I'll take... I'll take the Ravens to win, uh, but I am all on the the Sam Bangle train, and I am taking the Bengals to you cover. Say Bangle, Bengal. Well, sounded like you oh, said the Sam Bangles train. Susie, <laughs> you, you start playing walk like an Egyptian or something there. <laughs> so you're going Bengals to cover twelve and a half. Yeah. So, a um, bit of breaking news, the Broncos-Pats game has been moved to Monday. You're going to have such a stacked midweek schedule. <laughs> Oof, I love it. The only thing better than football on Sunday, Monday is football on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. The only killer I just wish, we talked about this coming into the season, right? They should have predicted this in a way. 
and we talked about like why were they not going to schedule Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday games and Sunday, yeah. obviously. But like, why not have scheduled that in the first place? Allow then for the flexibility. In the same way, they now it's hard to flex a game from like Sunday to Tuesday normally, but it would have at least opened up. You know, the only thing that annoyed me too is when they even moved the Chiefs Patriots game last week. I wish they had made the Chiefs Pats game earlier so that they weren't overlapping at any point. Like, why yeah. couldn't the Chiefs Pats game have kicked off 90 minutes earlier so that yeah. you watched one game and then you watched the I, other? I did see that. It's annoying. Apparent, apparently, they've moved the Monday game. I, I didn't see when the time was slated, but apparently, they don't want to clash with the Saints game. So maybe, maybe they learned from that. So yes. that's nice for all of us in Europe. Because having a, an earlier Monday game is a dream come true. Um, Jaguars at the Texans, coachless Texans. Uh, they've still given the Texans oh, six points. Coachless. Well, no, well, <laughs> it's not some, like they're just a bunch of like rebels running around the field now. <laughs> but they fired O'Brien. So some of us would say they have been coachless for at least two years. <laughs> So um, Texans are still six-point favorites. So uh, what do you think? I'm surprised by two things. I'm one, even though the Texans have looked inept so far this season, I'm kind of stunned that Bill O'Brien was the first coach fired. That does surprise me, given the people he was up against and the fact that fundamentally Bill O'Brien has consistently delivered playoff football in his time at the Texans. Now they've had some bad playoff performances, and they've obviously... They're unlikely to be a playoff team this year, but I kind of feel like I almost feel like he's getting fired more for his GM performance than for his coaching performance. Now, supposedly, right, JJ Watt kind of like confronted him on the field, basically turned on him and told him that he thought he was kind of a bad coach mid practice. And then the defensive coordinator basically sided with JJ Watt. And obviously at the moment that that happened, you're going to be gone. Like when your star player turns on you, there's no coming back. I, I don't know whether to feel like why should the, the Texans team that's looked pretty awful so far be favored by six points against anyone. Or I don't know if I'm going to kind of put them in the Browns territory where if their coaching has been so bad, do you now have a relatively talented team that cannot be worse coached in this game? And so the six points kind of generous. And for one week, I'm going to lean that way. And I'm going to assume that they, A, have a point to prove, and B, the coaching can't be as bad as it's been so far. So I'm going to take the Texans to win and to cover the spread. So the Texans, interestingly enough, even though they're 0-4, they're also 0-4 against the spread as well. So um, they've basically lost every game exactly more than they should. But I I don't know. The the thing for me, I'm I'm gonna go with the Jags to cover the six here. I just think I'm I'm not too sure about that coach thing. Uh, I don't know how much of a effect, truth be told, it has in the NFL. Um sometimes in the Premier League you have those kind of boons after a coach gets sacked because maybe bad coaching, then they're unleashed a little bit more and they can be a bit more creative or free in what they do. Um, but looking at some of the stats for the Texans as well, um, against the Vikings, they only had like four yards of carry and their run game is actually one of like the better things for the Texans. But also they've had, they've been sacked 16 times. And I don't know, I just, 
I went with the Jags a, a couple of times and I've been stung recently, but I, I just think it's it's a bit weird that it's the line's a minus six. I, I thought it would be a bit closer than that. So I think on that logic, I just want to take the Jags, but I might get stung. Well, I am now all in on the Texans. Here comes the playoff train. First stop, Houston for win one against a shitty Jaguars team and a shitty Gardner Minshew. I, I, I'm surprised Bill O'Brien was fired considering they lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Ravens, should have beaten the Steelers, were up pretty handedly in that game, and then just shit the bed in the second half, and then did have a pretty poor game against the Vikings. I, I, I don't know what team you could be that comes out of that first four games any better than two and two, to be honest. I mean, even if the Bills were to play the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Vikings, they'd be happy to go two and two. So how can I, I, I find it a little unfair. Granted, he hasn't been a great coach the past few years, but to be fired after that slate is a pretty rough go. But like Eddie said, I think it had more to do with he just had lost the team. Um, and obviously, like, you know, you saw last year with DeAndre Hopkins trading him away. It's something that obviously happened there. And now, you know, that's one star. And then you have something going on with Watt. And, you know, there's been rumblings that him and Watson don't get along too well. So I, I think it was just more towards he had lost the, the handle of that team. But I think this is a great opportunity for them to start winning games because their schedule does start to get a little easier after this. So I think this is going to be their first win, and I think they're going to win pretty handedly. I think they win by 10. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. How good of a and, record could the Texans expect? And, and actually, now, real quick, Eddie, before I <laughs> jump the gun, having said that their record's going to get easier, after Jacksonville, they then play an undefeated Tennessee team and an undefeated Green, Green Bay team. So it doesn't get easier yet. But um, I, I think, you know, if they can win two out of the next three, then they've got a chance to really rebound this this team a little. Um, yeah, I mean, in a, in a sense of a way of assessing, right, as to how good the Texans' record could have, like how good of a record could they have, expected to have had so far when i look back on our picks uh i have predicted the texans to lose every week and if you two had been right they would have gone two and two so if you kind of look at it from that perspective it kind of agrees with what you said that even if you were optimistic about how good they are they're a two and two team if they're one and three is he losing his job the thing is, I think fundamentally, if I'm the owner, or even if I'm on the team, the Dwayne Haskins trade is why I'm out on him. I think he's losing his job from a, as a GM. They traded Dwayne Haskins? I mean, sorry, not Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> Hopkins. <laughs> no, what a great trade for, that was. They traded away Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> they just traded or did they trade for, for him? Haskins. They just traded for him. Breaking news. <laughs> they just traded Watson for Haskins. Straight up. In that fact, they part- sent over a first-round pick with it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was his parting gift to the Texans. He was like, oh, when when am I officially gone as GM? They were like, you have till the end of the day. And he was like, hold on, let me call, let me call Washington really quickly. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Washington and Haskins, um, Rams at Washington, and um, Rams are seven-point favorites. 
now also speaking of people who I think have been kind of hard done by here, I don't get what Washington have done with Haskins. I don't get why you have a young quarterback played very few. I think he's played 13 games so far in his career, something like that. You've drafted him high. I don't get how you, you know, you're not going to be good this year. Why don't you give him the full season, have a full sense of exactly how good he is or how bad he is. Worst case scenario, he's bad and you have a nice draft pick and your draft pick and you're replacing him with the draft pick that you earned from his incompetency. But the idea that you let him play four games and then you pull the plug on him. So now basically he has no trade value. He has no value within the team. There's no way to bring him back. He's third choice quarterback now. It's to me, I just don't get what you're doing. Like just keep the guy going and just keep losing games. You're not good. And so to round that off, I'm taking the (laughs) Rams to cover the seven point spread. Yeah. So I'm also going Rams. I, I agree. I mean, the thing about Haskins is even when he came out, Pretty much everyone had said he needs time to still develop. I mean, if, if you watched him when he when he was on Ohio State, their offense was so good that a lot of his touchdown throws and his nice throws were mostly because their running game was so good that he would get single coverage on all of his receivers. So it's a lot easier to do that, you know, when you have a great team like Ohio State. Now you get put onto the Washington football team and you know, like you don't have a great running game. You don't have great receivers. You're getting, you don't have a great uh, O-line. So he, he needed time to develop. I think the disservice to him was that they put him in too soon. He was not ready to be an NFL quarterback when they put him in. And the major issue then is then this year, you bring in a brand new coach with a brand new system. You don't really have a training camp. You don't have preseason. And then you're throwing him to the wolves on a shit team with a brand new playbook. There's no chance he's going to make it. I mean, I don't think there are many QBs in the league that could do that well, you know, with no preseason full new team on that shitty of a team. So, and I agree. I don't know what you do with them from here do you bring them back towards the end of the year? Maybe, I don't know. I'll tell you what's not the answer. Uh, what's his, who they're putting in? What Kyle Allen? Yeah. Yeah. 12 games last year. He started, he had 16 interceptions. He averaged over an interception a game. I mean, no, 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 thanks. I'm not taking that. Uh, I'll take the Rams all day. It's uh, also even worse, right? Because if I'm a player, a Washington player, it just seems like a head coach in Ron Rivera has come in. And he's obviously brought in other coaches along with him, other staff. And they've just ended up giving the job to a quarterback that they've worked with before, which is basically what they've done. Like they've given Hopkins, like uh, Haskins, just enough time to lose enough games and then said, you can't hear when (laughs) Hopkins, Haskins, tough one for me. Hey, they've given him just enough time to lose enough games and then said, Hey, we're now going to give it to this guy who, who we've previously worked with in Carolina what is there to like about him? Yeah. I mean, I think the better thing would have been to start Kyle Allen and put Haskins on the bench and say, listen, we, it's a brand new playbook. We didn't have much time to get you, you know, acclimated and things like that. We'd rather you sit out the first four or five games, learn the playbook a little better, see how shitty Kyle Allen is doing, see what he's doing wrong. So maybe you can come in and correct it and then bring him in you know, 
a quarter of the way halfway through the season and see how it goes versus starting him and then taking him out to put in a QB who you know sucks. I mean, oh, he knows the offense well. Oh, yeah, great. He knows the offense well. He threw 16 fucking interceptions in 12 games. Yeah, he has a great handle on the offense. Like, I I mean, that's such a slap in the face to Haskins. You know, if they had done it the other way, I think he could at least still be a tiny bit confident versus now. I mean, this this kid's done. He's done. He's the next Josh Rosen. He'll be out of the league in two years. Wow. Two is optimistic right now True. he's third string you have to assume right now he's third string quarterback you then have to assume they're now going to take a quarterback in the draft next year so he's fourth string quarterback going into next season so he's getting cut <laughs> and also they can't cut alex smith right i actually don't know how long alex smith has left on his contract but oh. alex smith has a fully guaranteed like 20, 20 million a year contract. So Alex Smith isn't getting cut as long as his deal is there. I mean, that's what we have to hope panicking. for, right? Yeah, one step we- closer to us watching as everyone panic and cringe as every single time anyone gets close to Alex Smith. Which is I just want to see way. him have a chance. I just want to see a chance. I want to see him go out there and potentially do well. It'd be so awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, that's almost the worst thing. In a way, if they'd given the job to Alex Smith, you could have spun it as like, look, this guy was the starting quarterback. He's worked so hard to get back. The team isn't going well. We need a real leader. Everyone within like everyone within the team loves Alex Smith. We're going to give him a go. If it doesn't go well, then we'll give the job back. You could have spun that, and I would have actually believed that and been fine with it. But the fact that you've <laughs> still not given it to him and you've just given it to a random other shitty quarterback – He's yeah. like, okay, this makes no sense. Next one's pretty much a gimme. Um, Raiders at the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are eleven point favorites. Um, I haven't really got much to say on this one. I, I think I think it's a pretty simple matchup. So I've got Chiefs and to cover the spread. I think the Raiders are pretty terrible. Don't know what you guys think, well, or if it's that close book, open book. Well, I th- definitely think the Chiefs to win. I think that's a pretty safe bet. The points, it's a lot of points. Um, we can go back to last year when the Chiefs played the Raiders and they beat them 40 to nine. So if we get that game again, then that spread's going to look pretty ridiculous, only being 12 and a half or whatever it is. My issue is right now the Chiefs are doing that really annoying thing teams do where they seem to play down to their opponents. So they needed overtime to beat the Chargers and then they played, you know, three pretty shitty quarters against a decimated Patriots team. One could call them frail. Um, so. If that team comes out, if they keep doing that consistently, it's going to start to make me a little nervous. But I'm going to say this week, Andy Reid puts down the cheeseburger and says, listen, guys, we got to step it the hell up. This is not going to fly. And I think they come out and they put up 40 plus against the Raiders and they blow them out of the water. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The worrying thing about the Chiefs right now and taking them in a big spread is the fact that they seem to be in do just enough mode and they're kind of in cruise control. We're Super Bowl champions. We know we're going to be in the playoffs. And until we get to the playoff, like we've proven ourselves already. We've, we've proven ourselves in the regular season. We've proven ourselves in the postseason. And for now, let's just get through this thing and we'll play when it's serious. So whenever you're taking them now in double, like as double digit favorites, it's a little bit concerning. The one thing I will say is, 
this is kind of a this is a big rivalry game. I mean, maybe historically more than it is now, but then you still kind of get bad blood at times between the Chiefs and the Raiders players. And so for that reason, I'm gonna take the Chiefs to obviously not only win, but to to cover the spread. I do like because I can see Sam filling in the spreadsheet as we go. And Sam had put me down for Chiefs and them covering the spread before I even started talking. So part of me feels like I should flip this just so that I'm less predictable. <laughs> I like preempting what people are saying based on what they say. So next one, um, Eagles at the Steelers. So Eagles fresh off a great win against the Niners and um, the Steelers fresh off a longer break. So the Steelers are seven-point favorites. Um, Eddie? Yeah, I think the Eagles are really bad. Even in beating the Niners last week, they didn't look good and they really took... And they relied on an incompetent performance from Mullins in order to win that game. And they still kind of almost nearly blew it, even after Mullins had tried to hand it to them. So, yeah, with more time to rest and prepare, I'm definitely taking the Steelers. And I'm going to take the Steelers to cover the spread because, unlike Frank, I think the Steelers are a legitimately good team. Speaking of which, Frank, are they done? Oh, the old Keystone State rivalry, Pittsburgh versus Philly. I love it. It's going to be a battle. And that battle is going to go to the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles outright and the Eagles to cover. Time to expose the Steelers for what they are. An average team. I love it. I love it. Each week, right? We get to make the... I can kind of sense where I'm getting a game back or getting a game advantage. And it's almost always when someone picks a little bit too much with their heart than their head. And this is the perfect example of that. And yeah. Noah does it more than me. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, I totally agree with it. I totally agree with it. I'm going to I also want to well. say one thing. I also want to say one thing. Again, because I can see Sam filling in this chart. You'd originally put in, you'd put in the Eagles for yourself. And then Frank has picked the Eagles and you switched picks. Wait, you switched? No, I didn't. You may have written it in the wrong place. Though. No, no, no. You wrote, I wrote, you wrote it in for me. No, I wrote for you Eagle 7 as a joke because I thought you were going to be looking. So when you said the Eagles are really bad, I wrote Eagles cover the spread. So it was more a joke. So who are you taking, Sam? I, I'm taking the Steelers. Um, I, I, I think I agree with Eddie. I just think the Eagles are really bad. And I think the Steelers would have enjoyed the time off and... Big Ben's going to do some damage. So, um, yeah, Steelers and uh, to cover the spread to seven. So, um, Eddie, Niners Nation, you're up. Uh, they are nine-point favorites against the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, the assumption here, right, is that Jimmy G is back and also that Mostert's back. So this isn't exactly a fully healthy Niners team and that they're still missing a number of key players, particularly on defense. But offensively, they're kind of basically getting back to full strength. On that basis, they ha- the, the defensive injuries continue to be a concern, but actually defensively, they continue to look good. Like even last week in losing to the Eagles, I don't think the defense was responsible for that. They kept the Eagles in check the entire game. Mullins handed the Eagles seven points. Um, I'm going to take the Niners. Nine points, again, feels very much right around the right point. But then I also kind of like the idea that you got Jimmy G coming back. 
And even though the QB controversy was kind of put to bed by Mullins shitting the bed on Sunday night, I still like the idea that Jimmy G is going to come out here and kind of say like, oh, okay, you guys thought that I wasn't the, the like best quarterback in San Francisco, and you guys forgot that I was the quarterback who took my team to the Super Bowl last week. Now I'm going to lay a smack down on the Dolphins. So I'm gonna Last take week? Would they just go for a little joy ride to the Super Bowl last week? Yeah, they went down to Tampa Bay. <laughs> hey, guys, just, come on. Let's pretend it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> he booked them all tickets. He's a nice guy. Kind of guy, yes. Don't forget about this, guys. I booked us all. Uh, I chartered some planes for us. But no, yeah, last year. But yeah, I'm going to take the take the Niners to, to win and cover the spread. Uh, when I think I this saw- feels, feels like a nice matchup for them in terms of against this Dolphins defense. When I saw this um, game, I looked at like the Dolphins stats and I looked at Fitzmagic and he hasn't had one of his classic like three interception um, kind of games. Um, so I kind of felt like that's due to very much <laughs> one of those meltdown games. So I, I also saw that um, Jimmy G's back and Mostert's back. So I, I didn't have a problem. I didn't really have much commentary on this one either. So I'd, I was going to take the Niners and the nine point spread. Yeah, the, the cavalry is arriving, as Eddie pointed out. So they're, they're getting their team back, I guess, right? So I, I think it's a very safe bet to pick the Niners to win. But the Dolphins like to keep it close. And I can't keep going against Fitz, Fitzmagic. I think we're going to see a little Fitzmagic late in the game. Keep it close. Is it eight? Is that what you told me? Nine. Oh, nine. Even better. I'm getting an extra, getting an extra point. I'll take, I'll take the Dolphins to cover. Nine's a lot. I mean, nine's a lot for a team that just lost to the Eagles. I mean, we're also forgetting here, right? This, there's a, a real subplot here. This is the Harvard battle. Garoppolo uh, went is, to Harvard? No, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback oh, for the Niners. God. <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying he plays a pretty big part in the Niners offense. And, you know, I remember going into the Super Bowl this year. I kind of, Sam, you were with me to watch it. And at one moment I said, for sure, at some moment, they're going to mention the fact that Kyle Juszczyk went to Harvard because it's one of those that in the same way that Fitzpatrick has to be quirky and they have to say it. And in the same way they have to say with Fitzpatrick at some point that he's an Ivy League quarterback, Kyle Juszczyk at a certain moment, they have to say like, Kyle Juszczyk. Harvard grad, like poli sci, Harvard. <laughs> Why do they do this? Why is this a thing? Like, you don't really get it in the Premier League. It's not like, oh, John Terry. <laughs> like, in fairness, right? Famous was, womanizer. It, well, hey, they do mention the fact that his mother is a clever Which is, there's a big difference between being a womanizer and going to going a prestigious to university. No, 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 but, no, but what I mean is like quirky isn't exactly like that's just a trait. Like No, okay, the Fitzpatrick thing, you're right. But if you if you imagine, say, John Terry had gone to Cambridge, they would definitely bring that up regularly. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they would. I, I just think, I, I don't know. I find it weird for American sports, how they seem to like I mean, back in the comment era when, on the human. Back in the era when cricketers went to university, which wasn't that long ago, right? Like Nasu, Hussain, Mike Atherton, all of them, they all went to university. Most of them went to Oxford or Cambridge because they're the two best universities to go to, at least at the time, for cricketing purposes. So that's where a lot of them went. 
that still kind of gets brought up. Um, even when they're in the commentary booth, you kind of get that mentioned occasionally. So I do think if now there's just not systems, like it would be very bizarre for, you know, Rashford to have delayed his professional football career so that he could complete his degree at Oxford. <laughs> but I'd have a lot of respect for him if he hadn't done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. He was like, I'm going to take this year off because I want to do my master's and uh, we'll see if I can fit in the, you know, see just if I can ruin his career. If I can fit the euros in, because I'll have I'll handed my dissertation in by then. It'll be like it'll be like Vass with the I gave up modeling, <laughs> like I gave up basketball and modeling. <laughs> oh, but I gave I gave up football to do studies. No, you can see a lot of footballers saying that though. Like, yeah, I gave up being a doctor so I could be a soccer player. <laughs> I, I I don't think that's ever been said. <laughs> well, it's it's just as truthful as what Vasilla said. <laughs> Maybe he was like a hand model or something, Bacillus. This isn't Zoolander. <laughs> Is he David Duchovny? <laughs> All right, next game. Um, Broncos, Pats. So it's obviously been moved. I didn't see a line. Um, I think uh, one of you, or I saw, I think it was one of you anyway, mentioned like 11, 11 and a half was given. Do you yeah. want to... Do you want to work pick money line? That? Do you want to just yeah, pick money just, line? Okay. Let's just pick the money line and then we can re-pick it with the spread on on, well, on Monday, I guess. Yeah. Because Even though the obviously pats are depleted, I'm still going pats. Money line. Yeah, I'm I'll keep go pats it, to win. Yeah. I'll but keep I, it short, I, pats. But before picking the spread, I would like to see the extent of how many of their defensive players potentially end up missing this game. Because already if Gilmore is is going to be out and assuming cam newton is out if there are other players missing in their secondary or something i'm going to feel a little bit less comfortable about taking them to cover a large spread but yeah pets to win so next game arguably i game of the week in my opinion would be the colts at the browns um i think it's that this is one of the examples in the nfl this season of a team that is really good defensively and that's what they're signature point is with the Colts so it's kind of one of those immovable objects in the Colts really unstoppable force of the Browns after their Cowboys demolition so um what do you guys think uh so the Browns uh sorry the Colts are 1.5 favorites and that surprised me because I'm pretty sure that swung I think when I saw it near the start of the week the Browns were one point favorites don't think so. I don't know if I saw it or missed it. I think it, you must have misread it. I think the Colts have been favorite the entire time. I, I, I did think uh, it's very rare to swing like from one favorite to the other. Usually you just stay at zero. It does happen. And we've seen it happen this year, right? Like we think we saw it in Rams, Rams Eagles, maybe. I think that was a game, right? Where that maybe happened. But we've, it happens. But I, I'm, this is a really tough one for me because the Browns might be if I, I think the both of these teams fall into the sort of like bad good team or good bad team category and the sort of like playoff teams but aren't that great. And the Browns teams, the Browns in that category is probably the team I'm most optimistic about. And the Colts are the ones that I'm least optimistic about. And so on that basis, I'm just gonna take the Browns to keep riding their wave and I'm gonna take them to win and obviously take them plus one and a half points 
but I definitely do not love this pick. I have two pretty good stats for this game. Out of these two teams, one of them is the team that has the fewest explosive pass plays in the NFL. Who is it? So over 20 yards. One of them has the fewest in the league. What team? I didn't say the, well, I feel like I've seen at least four or five Browns plays over 20 yards. Not all from Mayfield, right? Because one was last week of Landry to OBJ. Still a pass. So on that, yeah, on that basis, I'm going to take the Colts. No team has fewer explosive pass plays than the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. How many do they have? I don't know. <laughs> what a stat <laughs> so you, wait 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 so let me let me get so you saw this stat and thought i'm not gonna dig any further i have enough <laughs> yeah it's sold i am sold on that stat alone it's so <laughs> deceiving though because you think there's still this high-flying offense but they're really riding bradley chubb for a lot of their success so far you know they're putting up 39 points in the last three games which is pretty chubb good is out uh, right chubb is yeah. out yeah and, I don't but think you do have Kareem Hunt as a backup. You have Kareem Hunt and then also their third string running back who uh, came in last week Dennis, and also looked frightening. Yeah. Dennis Johnson, wasn't it? Or yeah. Something? I'll give you one more. Game, but yeah. All right. Baker Mayfield's record against winning teams, 2-11. and 11. Not very convincing. And with that, I will take the Colts. Eddie, get me the Phillip Rivers IV. Because I want it this yeah. way. I'm, I, I want Philip Rivers I'm, in my blood. I'm actually thinking that Phil Rivers is going to have a good passing game this time round. He would have seen the Browns let up 500 yards for Dak the, last week, and he will be out for that. He will be loving the pass. But the thing he is, is going to be like, fired up. I, I just think the Colts defensively look really, really good. I mean, um, they only let up two yards a carry against the Bears. I know it's the Bears, but that's still impressive to keep it that low. They only let up four a carry on average this season. Um, they only let on the pass defense about 159 yards, I think I saw as a stat. Nah, I'm I'm all for the Colts on this one. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. And Rivers is going to be throwing angel passes. So many explosive passes. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, he's going to Sam Allardyce? Okay, yeah, he's going to loft them in the air. These are going to be Hail Marys from minute one. I'll give, you a pro- I'll give you a prop bet. This is me right. making it up, right? Okay. Prop bet in this game. Over under total number of touchdowns in this game or Philip Rivers' children. I said not how many children he'll have during <laughs> well, this game. I thought you meant as he's throwing children. But he has nine children. So 9.5 touchdowns. Like, let's say 8.5 touchdowns. Un- 8.5 touchdowns, you're going over or under. You're going under 8.5 touchdowns. Under. Yeah, I'm going under as well. Interesting. Rivers isn't going to charge down the field, and I just think the the Colts will have a lot of the ball and they'll slow it down as well. So, yeah, I'm going under. Are you going over I mean, the, his children? Eddie? The over under for the game, Eddie, is forty seven. So, <laughs> yeah, so that means your over under is at least sixty three. <laughs> Oh no, they're not. They're not necessarily always getting the extra point, right? This is the modern oh, day okay. NFL. So nine touchdowns, three missed extra points. 
Um, I'm going under. I'm just. I was just throwing that out there as a special <laughs> prop. Just like throwing his children out there. If anyone, you know, in the Big Chill Podcast Casino, if anyone wants to take action on that particular po- uh, prop bet, they can contact us on Twitter. All right, Eddie, I will actually give you the real total touchdowns over under for that game. Five and a half. Over. It's pretty good, actually. Five and a half. That's, that's I think, where it should be. It's tough. I'll go over as well. I think I'll go. I'll join you with the over. Um, Frank, Giants, the Cowboys, and uh, the Cowboys are eight point favorites. Ooh, get your upset alerts out, but not for this game because there's no fucking way the Giants are winning. <laughs> it's set up. You had us all on edge there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, <laughs> The, the Giants can stop the run game pretty well, it looks like, so far. That seems to be their strength on defense. But that could just be masked by the fact that teams know they can just throw the ball all over them. And besides James Bradbury, who's doing well this season, the other three that are out there in the secondary are doing shit. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dak goes for 400 this game. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys to win. And I think this is the game that the Giants just fully fall flat on their face. And I think the Cowboys will cover. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the Cowboys are posting some crazy stats in offense. And even though they're terrible defensively, they're allowed to be defensive terribly against the Giants. So I think the eight looks really good. So yeah, for me, it's the Cowboys and to cover the spread as well. So. Yeah. I'm kind of going to agree with you. Um, there's not a lot to like about this Giants team right now. Even if they were frisky uh, last week against the Rams, kind of felt like the Rams let them hang on there a little bit. And the eventual Cooper Cup touchdown that the Rams had to kind of sort of seal the game, they feels like they probably should have had that a little bit sooner than they did. Um I think this is this falls into the category of a must-win game for the Cowboys, even though it's week five, and even though they're only half a game off the lead for the. It's a must-win for the Giants too. <laughs> yeah, it's a must-win for everyone. I mean, probably with the state of that division means that every game is going to be must-win for all four of the like every, all four teams in that division for about the next six weeks. Yeah, you could say every game is a playoff game because if you yeah. win it, you might win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two I mean, wins might win you that division. And when you imagine we're project, we're all projecting, right, that the Eagles will, well, with the exception of Frank, interestingly enough, we're all projecting Eagles. That the Eagles will lose. Um, this is a way for the Cowboys to retake control of the division. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this feels like even if the Cowboys, the one thing you can guarantee with the Cowboys is they score points. They're going to score. They're going to score 30 points. And I see nothing about this Giants team, even against a terrible Eagles defense, to make me think that they are going to be able to score 30. So it's impossible to pick them to win. And then at the same time, the eight points probably seems fair because the Cowboys, okay, they're giving up about 40 points a game, but they're scoring 40 points a game. So by that same logic, I'd expect them to cover the spread. Um, Vikings at the Seahawks and the Seahawks are seven point favorites. Yeah. So this really scares me because I'm looking at my predictions now and they are 
completely different when I just put money on on my bet. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, I had the Vikings to win this outright. I'm going to have to change that now because I have a financial interest in the Seahawks. So I'm going to go Seahawks to win, but I will go Vikings to cover. Um, Minnesota, I talk about must wins. This is a must win for the Vikings. I mean, if they want to start coming back and coming back to being a contender, they need to win this game. So I think it's going to be a lot closer than people would expect it to be. Um, and another good stat I had is people think Russell Wilson is the deep thrower. Kirk Cousins actually has thrown more deep passes than Russell Wilson. So he's looking to go deep. If he can just get Justin Jefferson to keep catching him, I think they're going to keep it close. So we're gonna I'll go to Seattle to win, you. Vikings to points. I like that we're going to be able to coin you as like deep pass Duca on your stats here. It's like the one stat you, you have at hand. Yep. Somehow it just keeps popping up. Well, guys, I know I said that the uh, the Cousins IV bag was uh, empty after last week, after a historic win for the Vikings and two weeks in a row covering the spread and just replenished my body with all of the nutrients it needs to survive. But I am going to squeeze the final drops in one arm. I'm going to have the fresh IV from matt ryan but in the final arm i've still got just a little bit of juice left out of kirk cousins and so whilst he's not going to win this game he is going to cover the spread so i'm going to take seahawks to win but vikings plus seven I, I'm, I'm still captivated by what you were saying <laughs> it's almost thrown me off but <laughs> nope nope i disagree uh in russell we trust and i was stung last week by going against the seahawks how did you not just do in Russ we trust there? I don't know. I can't be asked. Yeah. It's, it's late. Why don't you just let <laughs> Russ co- just let Russ cook? That's all you got to do. Doing exactly that. So I'm taking the Seahawks, but I'm going with the spread, and I think they'll cover it. So last but not least, uh, charges at the Saints, and the Saints are eight point favorites. I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to go with the Saints to win. But I've got this soft spot, and this, Eddie, you were talking earlier about using your um, heart over your head, and that's where you can see people picking things up. I always have this thing with my picks that I like to think that the Chargers are a pretty decent team, and they can cover the spreads when they do, and then they go and do what they did against the Panthers, which annoys me. But I just think the Saints feel a little inconsistent for me, and. I just think eight is a little bit too high for me. So I'm going to say that the Saints win, but the Chargers cover the spread. So Justin Herbert is officially the starter for the Los Angeles Chargers. That was announced today. While I am all over the Justin Herbert train, I'm going to go with the Saints, and I'm going to go with the Saints to cover. And this is, for me, this is the the saints are back game and either we're going to see that. And that's going to be true. The saints are going to be back and they're going to win in a good fashion here or they're not. And I am officially done with the saints for this year. So I think this is the game that they need to start proving that they are the team that can go to the super bowl, go to the NFC championship and beat up on teams that should be beat up on like the chargers. Yeah. I'm going to join you in a sense, the same logic. This is the litmus test of how real the Saints 
because there's no reason for them to be losing this game if they are the Saints that we expected them to be. So I'm going to take the Saints to win, and I'm just going to give them one more chance to cover a halfway decent spread. So I'm going to take them to cover the eight points. And there we have it. Um, any any star picks there that you want to give our listeners? You can take Dak Prescott over 400 yards passing. I would take it. <laughs> well, actually, I'll just put it this way. Whatever the over is for das- Dak Prescott yards, take it. Hmm. Actually, uh, stop the podcast there for a sec. Um, <laughs> stop the press. <laughs> stop. I have my bet of the week. So I think it's worth saying that all three of us hit our bet of the week last week. So no matter which one you followed, you were a winner, yeah. including in my instance where I encourage people to do the early game threefold and then or three-team parlay for the Americans and then to roll over all of those winnings into the late game threefold slash three-game parlay. Both of those won. And this time buoyed by their confidence of hitting six teams in a six-team money line bet i'm just going to go straight up encourage people to do a five-team money line bet this time (laughs) it is rams chiefs niners steelers cowboys and that pays two to one frank what uh what wets your whistle uh Give me the Dak Prescott over yards, whatever it ends up being. So it usually comes out the day of. You'll see it pop up. Whatever the over-under are for the yards, uh, I'm taking the over on that. I think between the Giants actually being decent in their run defense, so the Cowboys are going to have to throw a little more. And the fact that the Giants' secondary is not very good besides Bradbury, I expect at least 300. I'm... Uh, mine's a little bit riskier, but I do like it. So I'm going to take the Panthers just outright to beat the Falcons. Um, on the should take line. that 1.5. Should take the 1.5. I, I hate that you've given it, Eddie, because the gloating is just going to be so infuriating if it happens. But whatever. Um, so I'm taking the Panthers. But I also want to take, um, I, like I said, I, I, I think... Phil Rivers is going to throw. So I'd like to take the over on Phil Rivers. I think it'll be on, because he only threw about 180 last one. I think it'll probably be about 200 this time. So I want to take Rivers throwing over. I just think that Browns game, I know it's not an indicator of the past defense for the Browns, but I just think the, the Colts will lean on their defense really well and they'll give Rivers the arm to throw. So I'm going with Rivers over, whatever that is. I think it'll be about 200. But um, And then the Panthers outright. All right. So after us being nice guys and throwing out nice tips, hopefully three more winners, maybe it's time to hand out the Nice Guy of the Week award, which I think this week goes to Mesut Ozil, the Arsenal player. Namaste. So dumb. <laughs> who... Uh, who decided to pay the salary of Arsenal's mascot after he was let go. Sam is the big, well, actually Sam and Frank is the big Arsenal supporters. Would you like to share the name of the... Oh, Frank, please. (laughs) Oh, Gunnersaurus Rex. (laughs) What a name. Now, could we say that maybe 
he is the first victim of the Duke of Curse. I've taken out the mascot by having my arsenal shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's let's not get carried away. I think there was about 30 to 40 other people that were made redundant <laughs> on the same day that Arsenal yeah, announced no a one cares million because signing. No one else, no one cares about the rest of them because they don't dress up like a dinosaur. <laughs> and it's wag very... their tail around really emphatically as they walk. Now, here's the thing is, when Mesut Ozil's paying his salary, is does that mean he's still doing the job now? Is he still going to turn up to Arsenal matches? Or is I... he just paying his salary and he's sort of, he's been made redundant. Mesut Ozil's paying him and he can go and just do another job. So essentially, oh, no. Ozil, it's, it's kind of like Ozil's furlough scheme at the moment is that he's just paying him his wages, but he's going to do something like relax at home and, <laughs> I don't know, okay. wash his dinosaur suit. Just no, no him. way. Absolutely not. You think he's, he's got to... Oh, he, you put that damn suit on and you get out there. He was born to be Gunnosaurus Rex. He lives for it. This guy is so pumped that he gets to continue to be Gunnosaurus Rex. He is wagging okay. his tail so hard out there. Here's, okay, here's the problem, though. This is the problem I have, right? is that Ozil has just been left out of Arsenal's Europa League squad. And the rumor is today that he is being, him and his agent have been put into discussions about ending the contract before January. So Gunasaurus might come back to the job, be all happy because he's back at Arsenal. Ozil then leaves the club like three weeks later and they've got to make him redundant again. <laughs> Well, this is the no, Duca, this is the Duca curse. Traumatizing a dinosaur's family. At that point, the only thing he can do is he then has to continue to pay him, but change the name to Ozilosaurus Rex, and he just becomes Mesut Ozil's personal mascot. And everywhere he sees Mesut Ozil walking, like he gets out of the bus with his suit on for a match, and here comes the dinosaur behind him, like wagging his tail, just like cheering just for Mesut Ozil. But also, like, just imagine they're at home and like him and his wife are trying to watch a movie, and you've just got this massive dinosaur just dancing next to you, just like, can we watch the film, please? Yeah. <laughs> Ozilosaurus Rex here to cheer your day up. Namaste. Yeah. Peace and love with you. <laughs> I love the I love the image of just a personal mascot in a dinosaur costume that follows him around no matter where he goes. I mean, I have to say, whilst I I think what Ozil's done is nice, I hope that similar efforts are extended to other Arsenal members of staff who are being furloughed or made redundant just because of the fact that just because this guy wears a mascot suit doesn't mean he should get special treatment because in many ways he should have seen his career as a sort of real blessing and the fact that someone was paying him to do that in the first place I, but, oh like that can't be a fun job though i don't know it was so weird it's got, you gotta be like so 20, sweaty is it 27 be, years the guy had been there oh that's even sadder I do. And also, I was like, I hope they update the dinosaur suit. Or is it like nah, the same, same they don't even, horrible, they don't wash it. like the interior is so disgusting. But it does bring us onto a good point, which is during the lockdown and games being played, games being played behind closed doors, you have had a number of teams continue to have their mascot attend games. <laughs> I've been watching, for example, baseball games where the mascots still turn up. 
and you still have these you have to, these are full adults being still paid to go and put on mascot suits in empty stadiums and sit there and even in some stadiums the conditions were such where they weren't even allowed into like the lower ring of seats so these guys were sitting in like the upper deck of stadiums still dancing like idiots just for no one oh wait why did they have to dance because every once in a while the camera would still cut to them so he, he would just you'll see they're just sitting in the seat spectating alone for most of the game but then the camera would cut cut to them and they have to like start dancing or something i can imagine have... i can imagine just the camera padding to them and they've got their feet up like having a cigarette through the mascot's yeah, like, mouth no, no, and then they off. just like they just like panic and look and he just like shoves their head back on yeah just the head full on off <laughs> I just, I mean, we, I know you think this point, but I don't get mascots. Like, I don't get any sort of uh, kind of like atmosphere that they create or euphoria or a feel good factor watching, like, folks, say for Arsenal, watching a fat dinosaur wave <laughs> to a crowd. I just don't get it. I think it's, I just look past it and i realized that there is a grown man <laughs> like doing woman, that right let's a not woman. discriminate yeah okay sorry sorry <laughs> that's again hypocritical from you but fine i just if you're a woman it. if you're a woman out there and you're currently struggling with your mental health particularly maybe if you are a female mascot and you've just lost your job namaste you're strong <laughs> you're beautiful you'll find something frank what do you think of so mascots well, all this is, I, I still want to go back to the Gunnosaurus Rex because it just cracks me up. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to bring up, if I can get it pulled up here, there was a like GoFundMe page to keep the salary. And on the GoFundMe page, it said basically, um, like, let's chip in to get the money to keep Gunnosaurus Rex his job because he's had it for 27 years. It didn't say the person in the suit. It literally was just talking about like Gunnosaurus Rex as if all they want is just the mascot to stay. They don't give a shit about the real person inside the suit, which makes it even better is that they're like putting all the money to just keep the mascot there. No, you want to but know, the, do you want to really know? The, no, no. Before Sam you was this. right. No, okay, go ahead. before you say this, you know, the really sad fact about that is, you know, that's a bunch of racist, bigoted North Londoners who simultaneously will be like, my tax dollars are not going to Syrians paddling across oceans to try and escape conflict. But meanwhile, they go, oh, I do have to give money towards this guy who dresses up in a dinosaur suit, though, because we can't have him try and find another job. Yeah, the GoFundMe page says Gunnosaurus has been the Arsenal Club mascot for 27 years. He's a club icon and we cannot let him become extinct. <laughs> so it's clearly just talking about the dinosaur and How not the person. How much money? Much money? They had already raised almost 9,000 pounds. I don't know when this Dear was, God. though. Um, this is, that was two days ago, so it's probably up to like 15 now. I but Mesut Ozil had said, it's so sad that, and then he named the person, AKA our famous and loyal mascot, Gunnosaurus, has being made redundant after 27 years. Yeah. So I think that person has been the mascot for 27 years. Jerry, should we get yeah. Jerry on? Yeah, we can try. 
I mean, Mesut Ozil deserves, he's got a special place in my heart just because I think he has one of the best football chants. Admittedly, usually from opposition teams, but the the football chants about Mesut Ozil, his eyes are offside, I think is one of the best chants. <laughs> to me personally, the three that hold just a special place is the Mesut Ozil, his eyes are offside. The Chimbanda wears bananas <laughs> on his feet. <laughs> I, I have taken so long to get that song out of my head, and now you have brought it up. <laughs> Which admittedly was was affectionate and Chimbanda enjoyed, even if it was extremely racist. And then the third one was the Van Percy when a when the girl says no, molest her, which I think again is just incredible. For context, uh, Frank, you only know Robin Van Percy towards the latter end of his career, but early on in his Arsenal yeah. career, he he was accused of raping a girl, which was the moment at which the Van Percy when the girl says no, molest her chant came about. And it was it was hard to beat. Uh, that's pretty good. But overall, mascots, yeah, they're they're a they're a strange group of things. What's I don't here's, know. here's a question. Here's a question for you. What's sadder, the mascot or like the fake fan cam interaction thing? You know, like when they do the setup of like the cam cuts, the kiss cam point cuts to the boyfriend and he doesn't kiss her and then she kisses the other guy and it's all fake you know it's all been paid for wait those are like, fake <laughs> i don't know if oh, you're being gen- <laughs> day ruined day ruined <laughs> what I is think, sadder are they fake. wait are they all fake almost all of them are fake yeah wait that, oh. that's sadder that's more sadder because you actually see wait, the frank human. are you being genuine right now yeah I'm i didn't think they were all fake there had to Why? be a real one in there once or twice. I'm sure the first one was real. And then yeah. they, thought they, okay. they thought they'd hit gold okay. and they've just they've drained that well dry. That is sadder because at least a guy in a dinosaur suit doesn't technically have to be seen as the dinosaur. <laughs> like he could go off secretly, get changed. No one would know what happened. It, it's not like he, see, he comes out and he has a tail and everyone's like, oh, you're Gonosaurus because you're deformed. So... <laughs> Well, maybe he is. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's why he's in the suit. <laughs> he's he's only felt comfortable in that suit. Well, that's the big thing about furries, right? Like people assume furries. Um, wow, we've we've quickly got into it now. <laughs> Wait, a furry? Yeah, it's a the people furry. who wear the people who wear like uh, fluffy animal costumes. They dress up as animals, and often it's quite sexual. They oh like, yeah yeah yeah. Wait wait yeah, stop furries. Eddie Eddie stop stop because you kind of like went off there, and that's one that we need to make sure is good. So <laughs> yeah, furries. You know the people who wear uh, animal suits, um, kind of furry animal suits in often a sexual way, but also as it transpires. I watched a documentary actually on them a couple days ago. <laughs> oddly enough, but don't ask me how my week's going. But the in the documentary, one of the things they talk about is the fact that a lot of them are autistic or have other uh, sort of learning disorders and stuff. And so social interactions for them are very challenging. And so they like putting the suit on because it removes like the human to human aspect of it. So you, for example, you don't have to make eye contact anymore. And so they feel significantly more comfortable 
and also it removes a lot of verbal communication because they basically all turn into like Teletubbies fundamentally. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm maybe not doing my best job of uh, talking sympathetically. All I, can, all I can think of anytime I hear about a furry is Entourage. That was a no. classic episode. But yeah, but the same way it turns them into kind of like very basic physical interactions with each other. So if you struggle to express yourself you get to just hug people or whatever but separated by a couple feet of fur <laughs> and whatever else goes on in those suits oh, the feet man. of fur well they're pretty fur. it's like a whole costume it's like they yeah. put in like a like like a teddy bear costume okay i thought you somehow meant like a couple of feet deep of fur uh, like <laughs> like they are yeah but they they're like fully... those thick they're like big like big it's like a teddy costume, costume. You know? It's like yeah. a Teletubby costume. So if you imagine Couple a human... feet. Well, if you imagine how far do you Not think the person... Feet, but... Well, <laughs> you would, if you imagine... You would imagine die. the width... Um, no, but Sam, imagine the width of a Tele... Like, um, imagine the belly of a Teletubby. They are, by definition, tubby. Now imagine... <laughs> imagine... <laughs> imagine the... <laughs> They're by oh, definition tubby. <laughs> Thank you, Sherlock, for solving that one for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm here all week, all right? Are I'm they also telly? Do they have a telly in that tubby? <laughs> well, that's less clear, in fairness. That's less clear. As it transpires, it is the case. But it, from their name, it is, an, it is quite difficult to know that they have a television in their stomachs. It's not that they're telepathic? It just sounds like they're fat people who really like television. <laughs> I think well, of them as fat people a, who are telepathic. And it's actually a projector onto their stomach rather than some sort of like human centipede style aberration where someone has born a TV into their Fair skin. Enough. Sorry, I'm not a Teletubby expert. As it turns out, you are. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> but anyway, you still imagine the real person in the Teletubby costume must have been probably a foot away from the edge of the costume. They, they were pretty wide costumes. The average, a Teletubby costume is like three feet wide. The average human being is not three feet wide. And by width, I mean ass to the edge of their stomach, why? right? Not. Why are we debating this? <laughs> this is important. I don't know. But we can give, a, we can give, I know everyone loves our live sporting updates, right? And the Bucks uh, Bears game is going on as we speak. And not that long ago, old big dick Nick <laughs> threw an interception. <laughs> yeah. The pack, the bucks are driving again. Yeah. They, but it, why am I calling him big Nick Nick? That's his official nickname. It wasn't at U of A. <laughs> <laughs> what was it there? I don't know, but it wasn't that. <laughs> He's never heard he, that chant from the stands. Not what he <laughs> never heard the going. mascot. Never heard the mascot pull out that the the <laughs> megaphone and shout that out. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to go watch some mediocre Thursday night football. Namaste what to could, all our listeners. What could be better? Yeah. Yep. Namaste. I hope you all. Namaste. Have a, I hope you all have a healthy week that your mental state prospers over the course of the next couple of days that you have a restful weekend 
that you take all the time that you need for yourself to become a better person day by day, that you don't let the struggles and the weight of the world get you down. You know, it's, you know, it's a good word that always comes up with those types of people cherishing each other, Sam, yeah. Eddie, I cherish you guys. I feel blessed Thank you. to have yeah. the opportunity to speak to you a couple of times a week. Yeah. I value this partnership that we have. All right. Well, talk to you boys later. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.